welcome to Yeti Walks into Base Camp. We are your hosts. I'm Yeti Legs. And I'm Base Camp. And we are actually, if you don't know, we're a married couple that through hike the PCT together and through hike the TMB together and live life together. And we hope that people live vicariously through us sometimes, but maybe even go out and do stuff that we do too. Yeah, we really hope that what we do encourages you and um, helps you see that you could do what your heart longs for. Yes, what Basecamp said. Yeah, but uh, we're actually recording this post our entire podcast episode that we did, which was the last section of the Colorado Trail with Yeti Legs. It is quite a long doozy of an episode. <laughs> it's a long haul, y'all. We had so. one of our devoted listeners, Tumbleweed, who also hiked the PCT with us, request an episode. This is more of a bet than a request. An episode to be three plus hours long. And, well, he got his wish. Uh-huh. Because this one is three plus hours long. It is very exciting, though. I feel like... Honestly, this last episode is got it has the most meat to I think the entire story of the Colorado Trail with Yeti. Yeah. And it's got a lot of ups and downs. It's got a lot of elements of nature in it. So we really hope that you're able to um enjoy this whether you're hiking, running, in a car ride, stuck in traffic for two hours. <laughs> plus yeah. um we hope that you're able to plug this in and listen and if you want to know some of the life history of the american pika and the yellow-bellied marmot you'll find that in this episode that's in this episode too get excited i love my alpine rodents and and rabbits <laughs> yes you're starting to incorporate some of wesley's learnings from school and ecology so it's quite fun my learnings yeah well we hope you enjoyed also our new intro music I don't know yet anything about this because it's new. So, Yeti, you want to introduce this person? Yes. I'll cut all this. Uh-huh. Um. We're really excited, you guys, um, to have this intro and outro. By The Fire Once Lost. So this is an American bluegrass artist from Denmark. and They're from Denmark? It's a he. It's one guy. He's from Denmark? He is from Denmark. But this song specifically that it's, it's, he has let us put on our podcast. It yeah, is it's called The Appalachian Trail. The Appalachian Trail. And it's got some true Appalachian vibes going on. So get excited. We hope it hooks you into the episode and sends you off once the episode is done in a good way. And what's his name? Uh, I don't actually know his name, but that's the name of the band. The, the Fire Once Lost. The name of the band is The Fire Once Lost. Uh-huh. Well, thank you, The Fire Once Lost. We really appreciate you letting us uh, put put your song in our intro and outro. I know. We'll hope to give you recognition where it's due, and we'll put your song to good use. Yeah. Thanks. But, all right. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. All right. Three and a half hours later. <laughs> good luck. Hello. <laughs> Yes, the beginning. I know you've been waiting oh, for the final chapter of the CT. It makes no difference. I don't know what you'll drink of the choice. <laughs> uh, something you don't know about Wesley 
is that he likes to make up music song or he likes to put words to songs in his own words. Hello from behind my cup. There he goes. Drinking a beer from Utah. Silver Reef is from St. George, Utah. This is the Oktoberfest, y'all. It's really good. Really good. Yes, it's, uh, it's pretty solid. So, I guess this transitions us into the drink of the choice. This is the drink of the choice. Cheers. This is, this is the Silver Reef Clink. drink of the choice. It's an Oktoberfest from Silver Reef Brewing in St. George, Utah. Yeah. It was, um, actually, we did our anniversary trip and celebrated Wesley Yeti Legs' birthday last week in Utah. We literally just traipsed around Utah. And we found free dispersed camping. We car camped the majority of it. So we are going to come out with a podcast with all of our Utah tips and trips. Ticks, tips and tricks. Um, at some point soon. So stay tuned for that. Okay. You know, down the road. Because um, we want to give you guys some things we learned about Utah and places that you should go. And places you should avoid. We were actually astonished at Utah. Yeah, it was beautiful. Whenever I think of Utah, I think of just like... Red sands and like crazy out like rock outcroppings and mm-hmm. desert, mm-hmm. but it was more than that. Yeah, it was just stunning. So, um, yeah, we'll do a podcast episode on that at some point. Stay tuned for that later yeah. in the future. Um, <clears throat> but that's where that beer came from, and it's really good. I, I wish World I still beer. had some of the other beer that we got from Utah. Oh no! <laughs> so this is from the. So here in Colorado, we have a mountain range called the Sawatch Range, yes. and in Utah, they have a Wasatch range yes which is just a little little letter flip but they had this beer and it was called polygamy Mm -hmm. if you don't know anything about utah well they still practice polygamy in certain in certain places even though it's illegal (laughs) um this is a well-known fact and this was a porter called polygamy and the slogan for it was why have just one and i thought Mm -hmm. that was freaking amazing why have just one (laughs) And it was a good porter. It was a good porter. It was a good porter. So kudos to that brewery. Well, I have just one. What was the brewery called again? The Wasatch the Brewery. The Wasatch Brewery. Yeah. Yeah, the beer actually was pretty delightful there. I was shocked by it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We actually, uh, our last brewery stop we did do, because we always look up breweries everywhere we go. Yeah. Um, it was called the Edge of the World Brewery, which felt very fitting because it was the last part of our trip. Yeah. It was close to the Grand Canyon. It wasn't actually in Utah, though. It was in Arizona. It was in Colorado City, Arizona. Yeah. Colorado City, Arizona. Colorado City, Arizona, <laughs> near Utah. That's not confusing. It was just calling to us. But anyway, and their yeah. beer was very good. They had a great pumpkin. I was shocked spice. by it. Spice. Yeah. It was <clears throat> awesome. Yeah, but all the Utah beers are capped from the tap mm-hmm. at 5%. Mm-hmm. Can't go any higher. They can sell them bottled or canned higher. And they do. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Interesting why they do that. I wonder if it has to do with the Mormon church. Probably. It's very, very heavily influenced. Oh, the church. Or the... Do they call... Does the Mormon... Do they call it church, Mormons? That's what I'm calling it. Oh, it's the Church of Latter-day Saints, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. The Church of Latter-day Saints. Okay, okay. It's a church. Yeah, we were actually... We we were driving down the highway at (laughs) I-70, and there was a sign, and it said... The number one healthcare provider for plural families. And I'm and like, Wesley's like, what is a plural family? He's like, do you know what a plural family is? I was like, no. And he goes, can you look it up? 
Because he was driving. I'm like, I think I know what this means, but I want to be sure. I looked it up, and it's for people of polygamy families. Polygamous families. Yep. And uh, it's still a thing. Still a thing. Because they're not allowed to help people with polygamy or polygamous families because it's illegal. I would imagine. Not sure how that works. I'm not sure how that works either, but... But why have just one? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What is... uh, What's your drink of the choice? (laughs) My drink of the choice is a Kirkland Cabernet Sauvignon 2020? 2021? Uh, Reserve. I think it's 2020, actually. Might have been 2020. And it's actually quite delightful. It's $8 at Costco, and I got the one and a half liter bottle. It's a big old handle of wine. It is. It's a big Bertha. So. Y'all should actually know what she's drinking it out of. Oh, it's a plastic wine glass. She got from Walmart that's been warped in the dish machine. Yeah, because sometimes I break wine glasses. Well, she brought a, a nice set of wine glasses back from California. When, from wine country. When she went to go see her aunt and uncle, and she's already broken two of them. Well, it's just so easy to break. So now I we see. have an unbreakable wine glass, but it's not unmeltable. Unbreakable. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Mm-hmm. Should we have a name for our updates? Yeah, sure. Should we have... What do we call it? Should this be like a section? Yeah. What should um, it be? Let's see. We could also ask people, like, if they had any ideas, too. Yeah, if anybody actually wants to take the time to to message us on here. Yeah, email us or DM us. Email us or DM us on our Instagram, which is the ginger and the joy. And our email is thispodcast at gmail.com. Yeti walks into basecamp at gmail.com. Yeah, if you have a great name for our updates, like something witty and trail related, not just updates, we would love to hear it. But for right now, we're going to call it uh, this episode's... Let's see. If it's updates about like the reality of our lives right now. Uh-huh. I don't know. Um, what's a catchy phrase? Oh, how about what's new in the cotton world? What's new? That's a, that's a, that's a mouthy. Uh, that's wordy. We could just say the cotton world. Cotton world updates. Cotton world <laughs> updates. Cotton World Downloads. Cotton World Downloads. There you go. I like that. Cotton World Downloads. All right, I like that. But I still want to hear if people have any, like, ideas, because I think, you know, it'd be yeah. fun to hear what people think. But unless y'all respond and have something better, it's Cotton World Downloads. Cotton World Downloads. Yeah. So what in I... our car- co- co- Cotton World, whoa. <laughs> whoa, you, did you have a little mini seizure? <laughs> I've just been talking a lot today. That's fair. At work. And so my brain's like. "Mm." Are there any life updates that you have? Life updates. Oh, my shoulder is doing great, you guys. I don't think we updated. No, I think we might have said this in the last one, but I went to the doctor and. Oh, yeah, you already talked about it. Okay, so I could wear a backpack, which was great. You don't don't remember this because you were falling asleep during the last podcast. I'm so cozy in my sleeping bag. Y'all, it was like five degrees outside, and our sleeping bags are negative 40, so I feel like a toasted marshmallow in there. Yeah. Like it feels so cozy. With with some whiskey and a warm sleeping bag. Exactly, like you're done. Anyway. Uh, but the shoulder's doing better and better. I mean, it's like fully healed, they said. So now I'm trying to stretch it out. I don't have full range of motion yet. It's so tight because they had to like 
suture it and like anchor it back into the bone. So I'm having to like stretch my tissue out. Yeah. <laughs> like slowly but surely. Um, so it's getting better and better, I think, every day. It's sore mm-hmm. and achy. Yeah. Uh, oh, our friend Raven came over and gave you a massage yes, yesterday. Thank you, Raven. Like an hour-long oh, massage. Oh, my gosh. Needed it so bad. And I'm probably going to bring her in for another one because I have so many knots that built up during that time um, because I couldn't move my shoulder for like six to eight weeks. So, so yeah, I have, I have tons of knots in there. And she, got, she worked some of them out. And then she brought some forward that were in the depths like a bell rock. Like a bell rock. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Huh, in the mines of Moria. Literally, that's what it feels like right now. She was really like She's getting in, in there with that elbow. I know, and I've still got stuff going on. Hear that, Raven? You're needed. Still. Needed. You're indispensable. Yes. You're indispensable. Determination. Na, 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 na. You, I don't you, know this song. You never heard Indestructible? Wait, maybe? Really? I don't know. You're going to have to look. I'm going to play it in this Indestruct- episode. Okay. Indestructible. Okay, I don't know it. Do I know it? I don't know. Do you? Anyway, I don't think there's anything else going on in my world other than work. And um, it's gotten really cold in Breckenridge. And it's snowy outside. We've had multiple snowstorms. We're going to have another one this weekend. Uh-huh. Woohoo! Snowshoe season. Here we go. Oh. It's by Disturbed, you know. This does sound familiar. This is how we feel on trail. Is this how we feel? Really? I feel tired. Yeah, he's on fire. He's like muscular. Look at him. I don't feel like that on trail. It's a little hard for your style of music. (laughs) Is it screamo? No, it's disturbed. Nope. Never. Not happening? Nope. Okay. I went through a disturbed phase. And I Did still, you? I still like them. Yeah? yeah? I see that. You're like... Over there like headbanging. Okay. Anyway, what, what about you? What's your updates in your world? Well, other than our Utah trip, which covered our anniversary, birthday, and Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's right. We did have our Thanksgiving. Covered a lot. I'm in my last, like, full week of class. So I have tomorrow, and then I have a couple days next week. And I'm actually going to go. Thank you for letting me do this. Of course. I needed some guy time. I needed some testosterone in my life. So uh, I'm going to Tennessee to go hike in the Smokies and up, and up through North Carolina with Tumbleweed, Deuces, who we interviewed in one of our first PCT episodes, uh-huh. and his name is Beast Mode. Which we'll definitely bring into the story of the PCT later, because oh, we met him later. He needs to be interviewed like towards the very end. He's hilarious. Because he Beast Moded it to the Terminus. Dude, nuts. Crazy. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, so we're just looking to do like 65 miles in about four to five days. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be nice. I have a feeling Tumbleweed's going to pack out like two bottles of scotch. I'm sure he will. And like eight cigars. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey guys, what, what kind of mileage do you think you can manage right now? 
And they're like, definitely not 20s. <laughs> <laughs> the reality of situations. So we're kind of gunning for 10s to 15s. Nice. Yeah. It'll be a lot of fun, I Closer think. Closer to 15. So we do in the Smokies. Uh, half the Smokies yeah. from like Clingman Dome area. It's oh called, my God, we did that. It's called Newfound Gap is yeah. the, the trailhead. Didn't we? We did Clingman's together, remember? Yeah, we did Clingman and we stayed at one of those shelters. We stayed at the Clingman shelter, I think. And that's where that's you where had I, your Walmart sleeping bag. This is before you guys. I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. I had a Walmart sleeping bag. It was like a, a quote unquote 30 degree or was it 50? I don't remember, but... It was a summer sleeping bag from Walmart. And we're hiking around in the Smokies. And in the it's, winter. It's snowing. It was snowing. Yes. And Wesley had like a 15 degree bag. And I'm over there like shaking. This is when we were dating. Right? Yeah. Or yeah. married? We were dating. We're married. I thought we were dating. No, because you gave me that sleeping bag when we were married. Oh, for Christmas. Yeah. yeah. So that was after we got married. I guess it was after we got married. Shortly after. Maybe it was right before. Anyway. Time flies. I know. So, Wesley got me. I was shivering, so he offered his sleeping bag to me, like a gentleman, like yeah. a sweet lover, and he froze. That was the coldest I've ever been camping in my life. Even over the North 10 Mile Trail? Um, That was cold. <laughs> I mean, it was definitely cold, but I think really the only cold thing on me was my feet. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, and if we look back at that situation, maybe we should have just cuddled in your sleeping bag together. Maybe we should have. Like, that should have been what happened. We didn't know about, like, connecting bags and doing all that. No, we didn't. No. But anyway. We've learned a lot. Yes, we have. So, yeah, for that Christmas, he bought me a 15-degree bag. Yeah, the REI Magma. Nice. And it was amazing. Yeah. And I still have it. Here you go. I used it on the PCT. You love that thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I used it on the PCT. Half of it. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. The other half, we used those negative 40 bags. and oh. they, they took up like mm. a third of our backpack volume. Once they once you open them up um, out of the, the, the compression, the compression sack, sack yeah. they just like grow and they like fill the tent. <laughs> oh my God. Like that's all the room you have is the sleeping bag. That's about right though. <laughs> it is. But they're beautiful, uh -huh. beautiful pieces of equipment. I never want to be cold. No, at that night sucks. Sleeping. Terrible feeling. Yeah. Horrible feeling. Anyway, so yeah, updates. That's you're going on the guys' trip. There's that, and then we're heading to Alabama, Georgia. Alabama, Georgia for Christmas for the holidays. For the holidays. The holidays. Holidays. Um. Yeah. And we're thinking of maybe adding another category to our episode. We haven't, like, decided on it yet. It might even be its own type of episode. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we're going to keep having that going in the workspace in the background. And if we decide to make that happen, we'll, we'll let you know. Yeah, we'll make it an actual episode and announce it and yeah, say it, this is what it is. Yeah, it'll probably involve a little bit of research and some stuff. Yeah, stories. a little more time. A little bit more time to time. I think it'll be fun. I think it'd be cool, though. Yeah, I think it would be awesome. Um, so. Is there anything else? I don't think so. No? I'll transition us since it's about you. It's, it's, it's all never about, about you, me. baby. It's never about me. So, I guess I'll transition us to. Da, 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 da. The Colorado Trail. Colorado. I won't, I won't fall asleep this time. <sighs> if you listen to that last episode. Oh, I. 
episode I 17. Was so, I was so in it, though. Week three of the Colorado trip. And then I curled up. She started to crash hard at the end. You can hear the yawning. I curled up is what yeah. happened. Anyway, so what day did we leave off on from the last one? So we were on day, oh, let's see. Um, I had started us on day 18, but as like a super quick recap. So I woke up the morning of day 18, coldest morning on the entire Colorado Trail for me. And you had like all your layers on. I had all the layers on, and I'm just like booking it to try and stay warm. And of course, I have to poop, and it's freezing cold out there. Did you poop out there? Oh, yeah. I thought you always just brown blazed the whole trail. I don't know if I ever asked you if you pooped. Uh, in the San Juans, so I'm in like the San Juan wilderness at this point. It's not easy to brown blaze because there aren't really pit privies out there. Okay, so you did have to like poop it in the hole. You just had, yeah, just had to do your thing. Just got to dig that cat hole. It's true though. Yeah. Um, and that's when I hiked past those two guys. It turned out to be Jukebox and Nima were their name. Um, and they caught up with me at the top of that first climb. And this day is really just a crap ton of climbing. Well, now, tell me about Jukebox and Nemo. Like, describe them to me. I will. I promise. Oh, okay. Sorry. I just wanted to... So, you're going to describe them. Okay. I yeah. just wanted to get a visual, like, now so that I could, like, see them as you talk about oh, them. Oh, it's perfect. Um, if you want a visual now, yes. I can tell you. Yes, please. You remember Optimus Prime from the PCT? Yes, but can you explain it to the viewers who don't know Optimus? So, I guess... Have we described him yet in the PCT? We need to do that <laughs> if we haven't. I don't know if we've ever... I feel like we've described bits and pieces of him, but uh-huh. his personality? So Optimus Prime is like this five foot five, five foot six, somewhere in there. He's not like super tall, not super short, and he is... Very skinny. He's skinny as a rail. He's like a bean pole. Yeah, like he can't gain weight. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he, he was like wearing like super funky shorts on the PCT like everyone does. Oh, he loves Sun his hoodie, funky shorts. Sunglasses. Mm-hmm. And... Both Nemo and Jukebox look like cutouts of Optimus. Oh, that's right. You sent me a picture. Yeah, almost the same height, like the same like stature, same like so body creepy. shape. They even dressed the same. What was their personalities like? Um, so they're both very like bubbly ish. Were they a gay couple together? Uh, so they were both gay. I don't know if they were a couple, but they oh, okay. were, they were just hiking together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually, I hiked with them more than anybody else. Cause I, they were your pace, right? Yeah. They were my pace and they actually hiked a little bit faster. <laughs> That's crazy. Nemo had, he'd, uh, completed the, the PCT. Oh, he was the one. Okay. Yeah. And jukebox. This was his first hike. It's wild. I know. And he was keeping up with Nemo. It's wild. I'm like, dude, get it. It's those long skinny legs is what it is. Those long skinny legs. And like it, Optimus. Dude, it helps them helps them get miles. Oh, I know it does. Those Especially on the climbs. I know. I've got like these like thick tree trunky looking legs. You do great on climbs, whatever. But I'm just saying, I can't like get that extra couple inches per stride, which turns into mile like a mile over a day. I guess so. Yeah. But now they're a super, super fun group of people to hike with. I didn't hike with them right off the bat when I first met them. But at the top of that, uh, I don't know if it was a climb, pass, whatever it what was. What it was. The, the top of that elevation gain. I took a picture of them, and that's kind of how we first started to talk. And I I'd originally saw their name in, like, a trail log. Okay. That's how I was like, oh, I know y'all, like, through, through writing. Oh, yeah, 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 because you were familiar with them. Which, can you explain 
to people who don't know trail logging and trail registers what that is because we would do this on the PCT all the time. Um, Yeah. um, They're a lot more prevalent on the PCT than the CT. I think I only saw like two, maybe three. Okay. But a lot of times they're used by like on the PCT, by the PCTA, which is Pacific Crest Trail Association, to monitor like the number of hikers going through an area or they'll be put out like for safety or for head counts by like the National Park Service or the National Forest or mm-hmm. like a local state park or something. Yeah. But they're just out there really for your own safety and for record keeping is really what they are. Yeah. But on the, on the PCT, it's kind of fun to like see who you know that's in the book already so that you can like possibly catch up to them. Or... Yeah. Like you – like and also we date it too of when yeah. we – log it and so we would see some of our friends and they'd be a, just a, a day ahead of us yeah and we'd see like five of our friends in the trail log and be like oh my gosh they're literally right there like mm-hmm. all we have to do is just you know do another 10 miles and we'll catch them just push a little bit more <laughs> yeah 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 so anyway so you you saw them in the trail logs yeah and, and like like kind of flashing back to the PCT real quick. Whenever you're out in the middle of nowhere, you don't have service. Mm-mm. All you have is like what you've downloaded on your phone or a book. And then you have trail logs and people. Yeah. And so it, it adds like some spice to your day or some entertainment. Yeah, you're so excited because you start reading through them. You're like, oh my gosh, they're so-and-so. I haven't seen them in like weeks. I think we actually started taking pictures of the, the yeah, trail logs yeah, yeah. just so we could read it like later. Yeah, I did that with the the final border trail log because people leave, like and quotes. also people leave notes in these trail logs. Like they'll leave a funny note or say something stupid, and and they like leave a little tagline sometimes. And um, but the last at the border, people leave like legit like notes and paragraphs and uh-huh. like their thoughts of the trail. It's really beautiful. If you're lucky, you find a trail log that's got a a trail angel's number in it that you can like Garmin uh. message to come pick you up. Yes, those, those are, are clutch. The best. Those are clutch. Yeah, but anyway, none so. of that on the CT. That's it's so like sad. very bare bones, man. But I recognize their names from the trail logs, and we hike kind of on and off that day up into climbs. Um, it's it's kind of a painful day. Okay, like the climbing and the heat is just really. Ooh. The, the heat kicks in after it's been a frigid morning. The heat is, is like blistering this day. And is it like super exposed too? Yeah, these climbs are super exposed. There's there's really no tree line. Is this alpine? Uh, this is alpine terrain. Okay, this yeah. is alpine terrain. Definitely. At this point. So you're above tree line. Yeah. So, so the goal for this day is to get from camp to highway 149 okay which is where you get a hitch into the town of lake city oh this is when you went to lake city that was the goal for the day is to get to lake city bless i know and just to give you an idea of how much climbing this they had i ended up doing six thousand seven hundred feet of vert gain in about 26 miles six thousand seven hundred feet almost 7k of gain wow which is a lot. That's a lot. Because we would average maybe four to 5,000 on a hard day on the PCT, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like even on the PCT, I would, I would assess a climb based on this little hike we had in a town we lived in called Georgetown, Colorado. Oh, my God. We had this trail. It's called the Rutherford Trail. <laughs> Side note, yes. And it's about 0.9 miles in length. And you gain about six to 700. More than that. 
Really? I thought it was like seven, eight, almost nine. It's like 800, I thought. I don't think it's that close. Maybe it's 795. If you want to look it up. I think it's 795. Look it up, baby. Well, no, in our Garmin. Hang on. Okay, let me pull out my Garmin. Yeah. Well, mine's going to be different than yours because yours is always more correct. You should pull it up on all trails. Well, you know all trails is always wrong. That's true. It's not accurate. Well, while you look for that, I can keep going. Keep going, baby. I'll keep going. And I'll just interrupt this, this message. Yeah. So in the midst of all that painful climbing and leapfrogging back and forth with these two new guys, um, Jukebox and Nemo, I end up stopping for lunch and I have banana pudding for lunch. Oh, that was the banana. Okay. You, I remember all this in the tent. Yeah, I talked, talked about this in the tent. And I was like, ooh, banana pudding. But I definitely <laughs> didn't go into detail like this in the tent. I, I didn't. So I didn't have any of these stats with me in the tent. And I was super upset about that. Aww. So I've actually, y'all can't see this, but I've written out each day and like the mileage and like the highlights from he those truly, days. He wrote it out. He didn't put it on a computer or I nothing. wrote it out. He wrote it. Paper and pen, baby. It's adorable. Old fashioned. You're so cute. This is the Stone Ages. <laughs> Wait, okay. Hang on. My Garmin's having issues. So sorry, guys. Can, can we, sorry, let's go back. Because I want to explain. So what Wesley would do all the time on the PCT is he would compare this one hike, which was like less than two miles long, but the climb was just so intense. That's like a mile or less. Yeah. And he would compare these climbs to this climb. Yep. So we might be doing a climb where it's like a mile and a half or two miles. He's like, it's like Rutherford. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's like two Rutherfords. <laughs> yeah, he's like, it's like two like four Rutherfords. Yeah. <laughs> like you would always compare it to this. Because if we could do that, we could do this. You got to put it into perspective somehow. You do. You got to keep yourself sane out there. You do. Because it's it can get mentally very challenging. You don't have to worry about it. I, I still think it's like 795. I believe you. I do. It's more than 600, that's for sure. It was like, I thought it was like 800 and something. No, it's not right. So according to all trails. Because yeah, all trails is stupid. It's 679 feet of gain. All trails is stupid. I'm just saying. That's what it says. It's wrong. It's wrong. Footpath it out. No, it's too much. Anyway. Anyway. All trails is that. But we all know all trails is wrong. So it's probably more like 700. Yeah. So, on the PCT and even on the Colorado Trail, when base camp wasn't even there, I would compare climbs to the Rutherford Trail. That's cute. I'm like, if I can do that, I can do these. It's just yeah. a lot of the Rutherfords. No big deal. Yeah. And so, I was climbing a lot of Rutherfords this day, leapfrogging in and out with those two guys. And then I had lunch right by a little creek crossing. And I'm like getting my food out. And to my immediate right, on the other side of the creek... Is this big old um, cow, so a female moose over there. Moose! And I like, I think in the last episode, I started talking about like... You did, yeah. Like browsers versus grazers and all that, so I won't go into that, but she was just over there, just just browsing, just eating her little vegetation. Just chilling. Just minding her own business. She saw me, of course, but she just put her head right back down and kept going. And this is when I, I make my banana pudding. That's when you make This it. is the most exciting lunch i had the whole time wait that was your lunch was the banana pudding or was that like dessert after lunch uh that was like the main meal and then i just did like little meat sticks and stuff with it this is 
why you lost 10 to 15 pounds. I mean, I ate banana pudding, like, salami sticks and... It's not enough. Chips and probably something else. It's not enough. Whatever. It's like... 40-something grams of sugar. So this is perfect. Yeah, no, that's perfect. It was perfect. For climbing and for, yeah. This is is that dehydrated meal by Packet Gourmet, in case you were wondering. Get it, Packet. Yeah, so this wasn't like one of those Jell-O banana pudding Mm. mixes. Nah. I wanted to try that one so bad. We had dehydrated bananas in this guy. Dude, Packet Gourmet, actually, they're very authentic food. They try to make it like tastes really good but they also try to give you real ingredients Uh it's not just like crappy sugar no it's more like honey and Mm -hmm. organic cane sugar like they're gonna actually do a really good job right yeah and they actually so a few different companies gave me some food to try out on the colorado trail packet gourmet was one heather's choice even uh peak refuel peak refuel and uh range meal bars yep so, shout out to all of you, but one of the funny things that was in the pack for Packet Gourmet <laughs> was a margarita mix. Can you oh, believe that? I mean, all you gotta do is get a little, little baby, like, uh, bottles. Yeah, it's like... The B- tequila. BYOB, bring your own booze. Like, pack it out and mix it in with that margarita mix, and you've got a good time. I mean, that would have been a great I thing to have. I you. Because I don't want to get trashed. <laughs> On, in the middle of the day no, with I mean that much night. sugar. Because I didn't want that much sugar oh. at night. That'd have kept me up. Okay, I see what I see your dilemma here. Yeah. That's a dilemma. That's true. Maybe on a zero day that would be a good idea. But not at night. No. But no. like a zero when we're just chilling. That's five. Yeah. But I, we still have it, yeah. We still have it. Alright, next next time we do like a significant amount of time mm-hmm. and have a zero. Let's do that. We should uh, pull that margarita mix oh, up. Oh, it's, it's good. Consider it pulled. It's on. It's pulled. Yeah. So. I enjoyed that banana pudding and then I, I haul-tailed it. You haul-tailed it? Yeah. Cause, Is haul-tailed a word? Did yeah. you just make that up? No. It's a, it's a Ge- <gasps> I haul-tailed it. <laughs> it's a Georgia word. It's a Georgia term. Oh, it's a southern term. I haul-tailed myself back up that mountain I did. I don't talk like that. All tailed. I don't no, but people do. People do. and We grew up in the South. And Kappa, for some reason, thinks I talk like that. <laughs> he sent me this little like video, this little Southern girl. And she's like, can we keep that dog? Like, and he's it, like, Yeti, it's, it's you. And it's a damn black bear. The girl is wanting to keep it. <laughs> but I take offense to that. Kuppa. You do? No, not at all. No? No, we, we crack... Fun of him all the oh, time. Oh, yeah. Jedi. Oi, Jedi. We've got to go, Jedi. I'll stop. I'll stop. No, no, no. I still think my favorite thing, and this is a very massive side tangent, but when we were hiking up Mount Whitney on the PCT, and Cup, I don't even know if you know this, if you'll ever, if you've ever known this, but I remember saying as we were hiking up to Mount Whitney, because I knew you were up there already, and I was like, oh my gosh, if Cuppa has hot english tea up there it offers it to us i'm gonna like lose my mind because it's gonna be so wonderful and lo and behold and there you were with your tea (laughs) and you had your yorkshire tea with like i think some milk he had milk 
And you had milk and you offered it to us. And I, like, I think I almost started crying. And then you said you had your porridge, your blueberry porridge. Oh my God, it smelled like a bakery in there. It did. Inside that little hut on top of Mount Whitney. He's making tea and like blueberry porridge or some shit. Oh yeah. Anyway, so that's just like a massive side tangent yeah. in this whole thing. Because that was great. That is kind of funny though. One of my favorite moments on the PCT for sure. But yeah, so, I'm, I'm packing up lunch and Nemo and Jukebox and this other sweet women. Are coming by? Her name was like... Julie, I can't remember her trail name. She, oh, okay. Julie, Julia, one of those two. Okay. And um, so on this day, I had met another woman. And she's like, if you find a hiker named Julie or Julia, she has a husband coming to pick her up. So that may be able to get you a ride into Lake City. And like, oh. So I need to find this woman and like befriend her. Just oh, in that's case. funny. Just in case. I don't think I knew this part. That's hilarious. Yeah, so I ended up finding her out there. She was filtering water. And um, that's how I first met her. And then she hiked by when I was doing lunch. The other two. And I'm like, damn it, I got to catch up with these folks. So I left, crossed the creek. The moose was still over there mining its own business. Unfazed. Sweet moose. By any of these hikers. It's probably like inundated with hikers. Yeah. It just knows. It knows. Um, and basically, there's like one more big climb to get up before we reach Snow Mesa. And on this climb, this is the first patch of snow on trail. It's like a hundred foot long little patch of snow on directly on trail, as it always is. Yeah. Just like persisting on a ledge. You just walk over it and that's the end of it. And it's, it's nothing like what we went through in the PCT. Oh, no. Wait, what's the Snow Mesa? You made a comment, and I don't know what that is. I'm about to get into that. This oh, is, okay. This is like one of the most painful things I've ever done. Is this a climb? No. So I finally finished that final climb, um, and you have to do a few like really rocky um, ridges. And okay. I mean, they hurt, but it's downhill, so it's nothing Which terrible. is nice, yeah. And you can like see Creed way off in the distance. And this is when I thought I saw smoke coming from Creed's direction. Oh, Creed, Colorado, the town. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought there was a fire over there. We never really oh, figured gosh. that out. But I catch up with uh, Nemo and Jukebox, and then we all hike together for a little bit. And we hit um, this little flat, like, plateau-looking thing on the All Trails map. And this, this whole stretch is like five to six miles. It's called the Snow Mesa. And it's like a straight line. It's just like a straight line. Straight. And it's nothing but grassland. It's like this grassy mesa with a few poles like lining the straight shot of trail. Whoa. You have a cloudy sky above you. And uh, it looks flat on the topo map of all trails. Yeah. I mean, um, a far out. But I, I swear to God, there were so many, like, little, like, painful climbs. climbs on that sucker. Really? Oh, yeah. And you're just, you're just on this for, like, two to three hours of just, like, grassland with nothing by you. Oh, man. It's, it's painfully That's a repetitive. Mind, that's like a mind bender. It's, it's, like, worse than the Green Tunnel. Really? I thought it was. I go back and watch my videos of that section, and I'm like, wow, it's like I was really struggling. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was struggling mentally. I was like getting sick and tired of it. Oh man! And there's like one of the posts by the trail. Someone that they've like that's like the post where they put all the funny like meme stickers and yeah. things. And there there are comments on it about how 
this never ends and things like that. Like, make it end. Oh, man. Yeah. It's so, just the, keep the, the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. So I think if I had started the day on the Snow Mesa or Ooh. if I was doing a day hike on it, it mm-hmm. would have been like stunning and beautiful. But like magic. Because that was at the end of my day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted that shit to get to end. And, and you're going into a town. So it's like, oh, my gosh, when is this going to end? I know. You keep looking at your, your little like icon and, and far out. And you're like... When is it ever going to get to the drop-off? Oh. Uh, and eventually you do make it to the drop-off. So it's like the final little piece of Snow Mesa. And you get there and it's all lined with like these baby head sized rocks. I'm oh, like, this is the baby heads. This is more baby heads. Yeah. I'm like, dear God, when is this, this torment stuff? When is this torment? And, and looking back, it was really a great time. But in the moment, my feet were like, and severe pain, and I just wanted to get to Lake City. Yeah. On the map, this shit looks flat. This ain't flat. It just keeps going. Good Lord. End it. But you finally get down all the rocky outcropping. It's like something from Oregon. You know how they like line the trail with lava rock? Oh, it's, it's, it's just super painful to walk on. Very painful. That's what this was. It was okay. like really painful to walk on. But it only lasted for like a quarter mile. And then it's just like a, a really steep downhill into the highway. And I met one other guy there. And whenever that other guy, who's for name, I forgot his name. Just guy, guy. We're just going to call him guy. Uh, he was an engineer though. Really nice dude. He, um, this was actually his first long hike and this was like his graduation gift to himself was Aww. to go and hike the Colorado trail. That's awesome. But he actually didn't finish it cause he had to get back for classes. Oh, that's that guy. Same okay. guy. Yep. He was going back for, I think a master's in engineering. Nice. Yeah. So good on him. The two of us get to the highway and then Nemo and Jukebox come flying downhill and they catch up. And as luck would have it, a Texan was driving to Lake City. Good old Texans and their big old trucks. And they're so, they're actually very nice at giving rides. Very nice. And this guy had his wife, his daughter, and a dog in the truck. And he pulls over and like shoves the cooler from the back bed into his truck. And he's like, I think we can squeeze you in here. Did you guys get in the back? Oh yeah, we were in the back bed. I mean, it's perfect. Yeah. That's like the most ideal hitchhiking you want a truck. Where that was the most cramped I've ever been. Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> I had uh, I had Nemo's like knee in my like jamming into my thigh. Oh the whole my gosh. the whole ride. <laughs> but um, but no, it was a fun ride. It was fun to get to to like talk to all of them a little bit more. Yeah. And when we finally get to Lake City, um, the Texan and his family like get out the truck and they're they're really wanting to talk to us. They're like asking all these questions and they're- like. Wondering um, why we do stuff like this. Oh, it's so funny. And I mean, it's fun to answer, but we but ju- we finally tired, just got to town, yeah. starting to get dark. Yeah. Um, so we go to a brewery. Of course, as you do. Forget the name of the brewery. So there is in Lake a brewery City, in Lake City, okay. but there is a brewery there, and they're really hiker friendly. Oh. Yep. Okay. But I th- I forget why we didn't eat there. I think we wanted a very specific like type of burger or something, and they didn't have it. So, I feel like I remember you telling me about that. So the three of us, like, without the engineer guy, we go to the saloon or whatever, and they and have... that the, where you had that huge ass. Yeah, they have, like, this huge, like, back 
outdoor area with an outside bar, a huge fire pit. Wow. This place is like packed. And so we end up just staying there getting beers and burgers. Look at this. Beer. Another beer. That was that was one of the highs of the trip was like that dinner. Really? Was that the big, big burger that you sent me that picture of? That's the next day. Oh, okay. Yeah. But this was still a huge burger. And like that moment by the fire pit. Cause oh, you, you can't yeah. really do a whole lot of fires on yeah. the, the CT. You're really not supposed to. Yeah. Unless you're at a campground. So it was nice to finally have a fire pit and uh, just be able to veg a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, after that, I had planned to go and camp at the RV park because it's free for hikers. Okay. And I think they were trying to find like the Raven's Roost Hostel or something. That sounds... S- some place in town. Okay. And so they, they took like a side road and like 30 minutes later, they show up at the RV park. Oh, really? Yeah. So I guess they couldn't find there, couldn't get in. But the RV park is a super cool spot. You can just go and pitch your tent in the back by the creek. There's Aww. like a little... A hiker, like, hut and awning. Oh, nice. Yeah. So they're and very hiker friendly. They like. definitely are. That's awesome. But um, I actually didn't stay up and talk. I just wanted to sleep. Mm. So I just went to pitch my tent out. and crashed, really. Nice. And it was lovely. Oh. I know. So that was a, an all-in-all good day. And that was day 18? 18. Yeah. This, this was, like, the most CT hikers that I had seen. The whole time. Yeah. That's nuts. So it's the three that I hitched in with, and then there's like five other CT oh, they, hikers that were there, there already. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, oh my god, there are people hiking this trail. There are people. I know. <laughs> that was kind of fun, actually. Yeah. But yeah, so day 18 was cool. Uh, I had anticipated maybe taking a zero the next day, but by the time I got up and like went and got a, a nice breakfast and started to realize like. I had to get back here so that we could move to Breckenridge. <laughs> I was like, I probably shouldn't zero. Oh, man. I, I texted him panicking. I was like, babe, we've, like, if you don't finish within this specific time frame, like, we have to move and I can't lift anything because of my shoulder and, like, I don't know what we're going to do. and We've got to get out of here by this certain time. And Yeah. <laughs> Sweet Wesley was like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, but. Hyperlite has given us a code to share with you all. It gets you 15% off your purchase whenever you go and order on Hyperlight Mountain Gear's website. The code is Wesley, W-E-S-L-E-Y, 69903. So just plug in that code at checkout and receive your 15% discount. Or you can also go in the show notes and click on the link, which will take you straight to their website and go ahead and have that discount code populated in for you. All right. Hope you find some good stuff out there. Happy trails. Anyway. But I, they had a, at the RV park, they had like a little, it's not a fire pit. It's like a giant like little furnace. Oh. And it's tall. And at like 8 o'clock in the morning, there must have been like 10 of the elders from like town or staying at the RV park just sitting around it. Just hanging out. Oh, yeah. Nice as they could be. But they do not like Joe Biden. That's for sure. They're like a very, it sounded like they were a very heavy, like, right-wing conservative area. It is, it is. They're, uh, a lot of the, the ladies, their ringtones were hymns. No, I really? Kid you, I kid you not. 
and then the men had guns and trucks, right? Like that was like yeah, the gun, consensus. Guns, trucks, <laughs> and um, there were less vehicles than there were like these these giant like dune buggy looking like four by. Not surprised. Oh, everybody had them. Had those little ATVs. It, yeah, it's kind of like Peace Tree City. Everybody drives a golf cart. Yeah, so everybody drives an ATV there. Yeah, basically. ATV. Is that it? Altering vehicle. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> this town cracks me up. But there are American flags everywhere. It's a super, like, sweet, nice, patriotic town. You just gotta... I felt like you need to be a very specific demographic to fit in well there. Mm. I just happened to fit that demographic. Like, white 30-something-year-old male from the South. I have an accent. I can fit in with people So like they this. loved you. Yeah, yeah. I feel like other people may have had more of an issue. Um, I won't really get into that or, like, politics, but there's a vibe from the town for sure. Yeah. You know, you know some, sometimes you go into and it's like... Oh, yeah. It's very neutral. This was not that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is okay. Everybody's going to do their thing. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So you, like, had breakfast. You did your resupply that day. Or, like, that... Mo- did you do your resupply that morning? I, I did. So I had breakfast, uh, and then I had to walk... To what? Sorry, I was counting out how many days you had left because. Oh, okay. If you're in day 19 mm-hmm. and you finished on day 24, that means you have four and a half days left, right? Uh, or five one, days. Two, three, four, five, six. Was that your last resupply? Six? six no, because you finished in day 24 days. I know. Day one, 19, if you don't one, count day two, 19, three, I, mean. I count. I hiked on day 19. Well, I know, but I'm talking about for food. Oh, one, two, three, four, five. Five more days for food. Well, four and a half, because I picked you up like in around noon. Yeah, four and a half, really. So four and a half days, which is yeah. like a pretty standard. So that was your last resupply day? Mm-mm. Oh, it wasn't? No, I'd, I'd planned to have one more stop. Oh, okay. So you yeah. did like a lighter resupply? I still packed way too much food, just to have it. I am shocked, because you lost like 10 to 15 pounds. Well, you just a... carried a lot of food with you and didn't eat it. Yeah. But so when I went to do my, my food resupply. My heart hurts right I now. knew I was about to hit the big 30, which is like a 30-mile stretch above tree line through the San Juans. There's like really no easy exit. And so I anticipated taking an extra day of food just in case I got stuck out there. I get it. In case there's a really bad storm or you never know what, what could happen. And there was talk of a really bad storm that was supposed to blow up. Yeah. And he had actually reached out to me and was like, do you see anything about a storm? And I was like, to be honest on the radar, I don't see anything. Like there's nothing that shows the weather is going to be bad. Yeah. Jukebox, Nemo and the engineer guy, um, all of them had, I forget what source they were using, but they had been talking to their hikers, and that was the talk of town. It was, but, it was a bad storm blowing in. But the thing there. is, is that Colorado always has a bad storm every day, almost in the summer. Yeah. Like you're gonna almost always get a lightning storm mm-hmm. in the summer, in the afternoon. That's true. <laughs> like, and then it blows over, and then you're done. It just sucks that it's out there. I know because you're, you're exposed. so exposed. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And and so I was really anticipating the. The possibility of getting stuck out yeah. there an extra day just because of what they were talking about. Yeah. Um, so I packed about five days, or no, about three to four days worth of food because I plan to have one more stop before making it to the end. 
Uh, and then I go to like a gear store, pick up what I need. The guy didn't know where their chlorine tabs were. Oh yeah, you mentioned. And that. I actually like, found them for him. You found his chlorine tabs, which was kind of a weird thing. Yeah. But I mean, he was nice. He actually gave me some earplugs for free. I think. But you never really used them. No, I I got them to try them out, and this is why. Because it's not really easy for me to camp at a campsite by myself. Like, not just alone in my tent, but with no other hikers around. Is it, is it because it's so quiet and then if something, like... It's because it's so quiet. And a lot of the spots that I ended up camping at were really quiet and not by water sources. So there was no white noise. Mm-hmm. And so I found myself, like, a lot of nights I'd play, like, an audiobook on low volume. Or, or just to have a noise, you know? Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. I was able to sleep just fine. But I was like, hey, I wonder if I can try um, earplugs. Maybe that'll work. <laughs> Did they? I never actually used them. <laughs> you know I found one of those earplugs in your bag. I bet you did. Like last or I guess on our trip to Utah. Uh-huh. Was it? Yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Well, because a couple of days before all this ever happened... Remember I had camped with those other two hikers and the animal had like tripped on my guy wire, yeah. my guy line. Yeah. Well, the the guy never woke up because he had earplugs in. Uh, so he never heard any of that. He didn't even hear me making dinner because he had his earplugs in. Do you in. think that's safe though? I don't think it is, because, but like, that's if, just my opinion. Yeah, because legit, like after hearing these bear attacks, like not to say that bears attack all the time, but... If something's going to come crazy around your tent, I want to be on full alert. I don't want to be like... I'd rather be able to hear it than not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd want to know it's about to chomp into my leg. Yeah, yeah. Versus heavier plugs in. I mean, there are pros and cons. I guess if you're, if you're camping with a larger group of people, I mean, stuff can still happen in large groups, but... But it's very rare. There's a bigger, like, safety barrier there. Yeah, for sure. Especially if you have a, a snorer in the group. Oh, yeah. So Keeps where are your everything earplugs? away. Yeah. yeah. Where are your plugs? So you... Okay, wait. This is day 19. Mm-hmm. You resupplied, and then you decided to get back on trail. So, like, everybody around you is like, oh, no, there's a bad storm coming in. We're going to, like, wait, or we're going to skip ahead. Yeah. And you were like, I'm just going to go out there. So you went by yourself back. Like, hit, you hitched back by yourself. Yeah, I didn't have anyone else's phone number. Um, so after I did my resupply, I went and like packed my bag and everything back at the RV park. And then I went and, um, that's when I ate the the massive sandwich. It was the triple pork sandwich. Oh my gosh. So it's pork sausage, bacon, and pulled barbecue. He sent me a picture of it. It looked like a monster. And then I ate an entire jug of Talenti. So I was like jacked on sugar. You're like, I gotta get out back on the trail. So I'm like... (laughs) If You're have, like shaking. Like if I have to walk back to the trailhead, I'm going right Burn now. Burning the sugar off. And no, I just want to get <laughs> though uh, an example of this huge ass sandwich. Like this sandwich was not your ordinary sandwich. It was like a twenty five dollar pork. Was, sandwich. It was like I'm trying. We need to like okay the size. Okay, the height. I'm looking at our smart water bottle. The height of a smart water bottle. The liter. No, it ain't nearly that. It big. was probably about three fourths up. That's, that a, that's high. about the height of a beer can. N- no, I yeah. think it's higher than that. No, 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 no. I had it in my hands. I know what it looks like. Okay. 
I swear, it's about but that the, picture looked huge. It's about the height of a beer can. Maybe it was the angle. You it was the angle. Me. It's all about angle and lighting, isn't it? Yes, it is. It was about the height of a beer can, which is still okay. a big, it's huge. like pork sandwich. It's probably the biggest sandwich I've ever seen. So after that and the Talenti, I'm like jacked on you got sugar. protein and sugar. So I actually I just hit the main highway because I can't find anybody else. I'm like, well, I'm just gonna go out there. If it storms, it storms. You know, I'll do what I can. I've got extra food. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I don't get caught on a ridge with lightning. Yeah. And I'm just, like, walking on the highway. No one's really giving me a hitch at first. They just keep on driving by and, like, waving. If only I do- had been there. Which then. does me no good. <laughs> but I appreciate their um, their support. They're waving and honking. Yeah. Like, yeah. good job, hiker. Even though you're like, but I just want you to take me to the trail. <laughs> I know. But finally, this one sweet dude pulls over. Um, his car's got, like, a... A fishing pole sticking out the passenger window. Oh, yes. So we got to like shimmy it out. But I get in and he's actually done this, the Colorado Trail twice. Shocker. I mean, most people either most have done people. a long trail or are hikers that normally pick you up in a hitch. Yep. He was, he was actually a really cool guy. He was, so what he was doing is he doesn't live in the immediate area, but he had like left caches for himself the last time he had done the trail. Which was the year before. And he was driving back through the area picking up his caches. That is nuts that they were still there. I know, right? Wow. I don't know how he had stored them or if he had buried them. I was going to say. Or what had happened, but. I want to know. How did he. Yeah. What did he do? What secrets do you have? Like, did he have bear cans in each place and just like dig a hole and hide it? I don't know. They were in ammo boxes. That's what he told me. That's what they were in. Yeah, so he probably. They were either locked or buried or just. Dented the heck up or something. I don't know. It's brilliant. It's a, it's, it was pretty brilliant. Yeah. But he was the guy who, in the last episode, I had mentioned in the middle of this cow field at the thousand mile mark for the CDT sign. There's a the, the little CDT sign that says a thousand miles exclamation mark. Just by it, there's a pile of cow bones. So he's the one who saw the dead cow the year before. Oh, he's the one who's like, yeah, there was a dead cow in that section. And you're like, well, now there's bones there. Well, well now it's there. It just looks really freaking different. Wow. I know. So that was, that was kind of cool to see the guy who had seen the cow. Yeah, it's pretty wild. <laughs> That's a weird connection. Yeah, it is. But he took you back to the trail. Took me back. And this is like the last um, couple hours of daylight that I have to work with. So I don't actually get a whole lot of miles in this day. I only got, what, like 9.7 and 2,000 feet of gain. Which is a pretty decent day for going in and doing a resupply. Yeah, and that was, that was more mileage than I had planned to do. I was only going to do like eight. Beautiful cow fields behind us once again. I didn't spend quite 24 hours in uh, Lake City. But kind of just wanted to get back out here and get at least eight to nine miles in today. Set me up for the big 30 ridge walk that will be tomorrow. It sounds like we're gonna have some rough weather coming this weekend, so I would like to get that out of the way since most of it is above 12,000 feet and I don't wanna be caught in that in a lightning storm. So we are out here at about 5.45 in the afternoon. Got dropped off around 5.30, and it's a beautiful day to be hiking. 
there was like this icon on the far out map that said yurt. And there were comments saying it's nothing but like a skeleton of a yurt. And there's supposedly like three little wooden footbridges. And the third one is like where you get the water, but it's not by the bridge. You have to take a spur trail. It sounds really complicated. Yeah. Um, So I wanted to get there before dark, Mm. but I did not. So that you could assess the situation. Yeah. But you didn't get there before dark. No. And I didn't get there before dark because I took my ever-loving sweet time because I walked through like a herd of 300 sheep. Oh, this is when you saw the sheep. At sunset. And I'm like screwing around taking videos and pictures with them for like 20 minutes. I mean, those sheep looked adorable though. It it felt like I was surrounded by a zombie horde. Like the way they were looking at me. I was standing like in the center of them on the trail. And their space like 50 foot away at least. And they're all, all staring at me. (laughs) What is happening? Where where is that one? This was worth the late start. Oh. <laughs> oh, these cute little baby ones. Oh my goodness. Hi. That is a deep man from a little baby sheep. You all have different voices. This is crazy. That's so creepy. It was kind of creepy. Did you think they were going to attack you at any moment? Like, is that the feeling? They, they could have taken me right then and there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how but they could have done it. Good thing sheep are nice. I know. They were sweet. Aww. I know. It was kind of cool to, before I ever actually saw them, I heard them. I'm like, what the hell is that? It sounds that like sheep. Noise. And then I, like, get to the top of a little hill because it's a climb up to this whole thing. Mm. And I see them. And I'm like, dear God, there's so many. Oh, my gosh. And so I was super stoked to see all those things. Yeah. But then I finally get to where, like, the footbridges and the yurt skeleton thing is supposed to be. This is, like, the Jerosa Mesa area is what they called it. Okay. Um, and I get there. It's pitch black. There's got to be, like, at least ten different tents pitched around this area. Ten tents? Yeah, there's like three or four at the bottom. And then if you climb up a little bit higher, there's the rest of them, like a small little army. Whoa. I find this this like third wooden footbridge thing and there's a little like clear cut in the shrubs. No way. And you have to take this for about a minute. And then you finally reach the water, which is like trickling down the hillside. It's kind of cozy, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, so you're like surrounded in this little hole of bushes so there was a camp spot there nope so i (laughs) so i had to climb up another mile oh Um, that's why you had to climb nine yeah so i'm climbing up through the woods and it's a a crap ton of deadfalls but then i get to it doesn't like stop climbing but it levels out a little bit and it's like this relatively open i i call it like a conifer meadow okay because it was like Dirt, a little bit of grass, and there were little, like, fir trees like everywhere. Like baby fir trees? Like a lot of baby fir trees Aww. everywhere. And so I'm looking for a campsite, and there's, like, one other tent pitched up there, which makes me feel so much better. Yeah. That I'm not just pitching by myself, because yeah. I don't know what's around me. Right. And uh, when I finally get in, I hear, like, so much animal commotion. 
And it's like all these elk like bellowing like in the woods. And it wasn't like rutting season. I don't know what they were doing. <laughs> They're just singing a choir, but like I, a chorus. Yeah, but I'm like, what the hell? What do they sound like? I mean, I, I can't even like recreate it. But it was like a bull sound. We should find it and put it in the episode. I will do that. Yeah, because I'm curious what it sounds like too. Is it like a more of a screechy sound or is it like a you know, sound? Like so that? whenever you're listening to this episode, you can expect to hear the sound of an elk right about now. The night was uneventful. Uneventful. No elk came by your tent. No elk came by. That's shocking. Had a lovely morning the next day. Yeah? yeah? Had your coffee? Had my coffee. What'd you have for breakfast? Oh, man, I don't know. You don't remember? Did you do pastries or did you do oatmeal? I was, what was your... I was doing protein bars. Oh, the range meal bars, yeah. Protein and range meal bars. Okay. Yeah. But this morning, I think I started with Pop-Tarts. You did Pop-Tarts? And then I had... They weren't Pop-Tart Pop-Tarts. They were like great value pop tarts which are like the walmart brand. did you find them in a hiker box thing? yeah i yeah. did <laughs> that, that sounds about right yeah uh but i had those and i'm like walking up this little climb which is supposed to take you to the high point of the colorado trail the highest point yeah but what i thought was the top was like one of three fault summits of course of course that's how it goes always yeah but this is actually where I pulled out my uh, my range meal bar with the um, the chocolate and coffee. Okay. Because, oh yeah, yeah. Because I needed I needed a bump. You needed some caffeine. I got into camp so late the night before I didn't you, need dinner. You get a sugar. You didn't need dinner. No, I was just ready to go to bed. This is why you lost ten to fifteen pounds. No. Yes. No. See, if you had been with me, so for those of you who don't know, on the PCT, Wesley gained like. 20 pounds? 30? Saw the thighs, baby. 30 pounds? Quads. He gained weight. And 20, everybody was 20. everybody was amazed. No. It was, was like it? 20. No, because you were so skinny before we left. It was like 100, you were like 170 something pounds. And then when we finished the trail, it was like 206. It was all muscle. And he would always eat and I would make sure he would eat. I was mm. always like, babe, did you eat? Babe, did you eat your snack? Babe, did you eat? Okay, we gotta eat dinner. And he gained 30 pounds. And then this trail, I see him at the end and I'm like, dear God, what did you do? Did you ever eat? I did eat. I ate so much. See, you didn't eat dinner that night though. Not that. That's like a confession. That was the only night I didn't eat dinner. I'm telling you. Even a bar? Just something? I had some some jerky. Okay. Yeah. So I had something, but I didn't want to cook. Okay, so then we're in day. This is day twenty. Day twenty. Yeah. And you said that you had the range meal bar because you're hiking, you're struggling, you're sucking the hind tip. Yeah, I need some. I need a caffeine and a sugar. Probably a sugar crash from yesterday, the day before. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but I do make it to the high point. And what was it like? What was the scenery like around you? I mean, this this is the big thirty. So this is. I'm just trying to like get a picture. Yeah, so this is completely exposed above tree line. The only vegetation you've got out there is a bunch of grass. And then you have these like alpine shrubs that look like willows, spruce, whatever, pine tree. Not even pines, just like spruce and fir. So conifers, like evergreens. 
stuff that can live at these high elevations. But other than that, there's like no actual tree line. So there's nowhere to go and like find protection from weather. Did you though have to hike in up into that though? Like you didn't start in the the big thirty when you hiked. Pretty much out. where I camped was the beginning of it. It was the beginning of it. Pretty much. Okay, yeah. so were you in forest before that? Like tree line? Yeah, so that that like the yurt skeleton mm-hmm. up to where I camped was like really thick old growth forest with a lot of okay. deadfalls. Oh, that's where the deadfalls were. Oh, right, right. Yeah, right. Okay. and where I camped was like the baby. It was like the first. beginning of the Big 30. Yep. And so that whole like morning after breakfast is like all super exposed alpine. And then you continue that up to the high point. And the high point is what like I wrote it down here. It's 13,271 feet. Is nice. That, is the high point of the CT. Nice. Yeah, so that's a nice little achievement to, to rack in. Yeah. Now, are you seeing mountain terrain around you? Everything. Like, are you seeing landscape? Like, what are you seeing? It's like rolling mountainous tops and then sheer drop-offs and then, like, jagged San Juan multicolored wow. peaks in the background. So it's beautiful. Oh, this is the most beautiful stretch of the whole trail. Really? Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, I think that that climb up to the high point was one of the most beautiful stretches. Really? Yeah. And it was funny, too, because I was, like, trying to enjoy the scenery. <laughs> and there were these two older guys. And the guy in the front was probably three-quarters of a mile ahead of his buddy. And his buddy is, like, right in front of me, so I catch up and pass him. He's lathering sunscreen on his face, and he's like, where's the trail go? And I'm like, I think it switchbacks just up here, and then it goes up to that, that peak over there. And he's like, well, I don't see it. <laughs> and he's just this super cranky, ornery oh. guy. How old are these guys? Uh, so the slower one was in, like, probably his 60s. Okay. And the other one up top, maybe early 60s. I mean, good job to them. Good job to them. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I'm like, how can you have a bad attitude, like, out in this? Yeah. Like, this is some of the most beautiful terrain. This is, like, on par with, like, Mount Whitney area. Wow. It's different style terrain. Because Whitney is, like, really, like, sharp, jagged, exposed rock. Yeah, yeah. But but this is this is still stunning. What's a comparison of a hike that we've done that you can compare it to? Uh, Just so I can, like, see it in my head. It's like the four-pass loop, but oh. for 30 miles. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The four pass loop is gorgeous. And you're up on a ridge the whole time. So you're not like down in the valleys. Wow. You're like up seeing it all. The four pass loop in what was it the the Snow Mass Maroon Bells Bells area? Yeah, if you want a visual then like Google the four pass loop. It's gorgeous. Yeah, those are the rock well I mean they're really all the Rockies, but these They're in the Aspen area, yeah. Yeah, that's the Aspen area, so not Mm -hmm. the the San Juans. Yeah, but they're those are gorgeous. I mean, oh, yeah. that's a stunning hike. So to compare it to that is really beautiful. I would I would say that it was quite a great day. Aw. So, but did you have any water up there or did you have to carry your water? Uh, so there is plenty of water. Oh, there is up there. Okay. Not not up to that point, but down in past, there are lots of um, alpine lakes and little streams. Oh, okay. That's true. I forgot about alpine <laughs> lakes up there. Yeah. And actually after the high point... I had way more water than I could have ever wanted because this was the day that it rained and hailed oh. on and off. I was going to ask if this the was... the entire half of the day. That's what I was going to ask if that was this day. That is this day. So when did it start raining and hailing? It's... So... 
I, I'm going down from the high point, and about two or three miles later, we're in this, like, valley. You can see black clouds in the distance. Mm-mm. There are little alpine lakes here and there. And I catch up with this older hiker. I didn't catch his name at first, but I catch up to him, pass him, sit down for lunch. He passes me. And then we both start to go up the next climb together. And I start talking to him, and his name is The Dude. The Dude! The Dude! I feel like he'd be so cool to hang out with. Oh, yeah. He's also probably in his 60s. He's done the CT a few times. I mean, he's a cool guy. Yeah. You loved... I love The Dude. I feel like he was one of your favorite people on trail. Oh, he was. Yeah. So, So, you guys, like... You see dark clouds in the distance, you've had your lunch, and then you start hiking. And then we start hiking together. And again, we do like a leapfrog thing before we actually hike together. And are you like going up and down in this space, or are you like straight? Like, since you're in alpine terrain, what was the, what was it like? Yeah, like the whole big 30 is just up and down. It's just up and down. Okay. Yeah, and, and you'll have stretches of like ridge walking, and then you have steep descents and then sharp inclines i mean it's it's just kind of what you expect when you're up that high okay and so we're just going through that terrain the clouds keep getting closer and darker oh gosh and he and i are um we start to finally hike together whenever the wind starts to pick up oh. and we can see like lightning flashes and a little bit of thunder oh. Going on off in the distance. And you know that's not good, especially being up at that terrain. It wasn't good. And we'd gotten to like a little valley. And we were talking about possibly pitching there. Because it looked like the weather was about to just To turn, yeah. But we decided to keep going. And so we're climbing up by this little creek. And this is when the heavens open up. So so do you feel like it was a good mis- good like it was a bad mistake that you didn't pitch then or do you think it was okay that you kept going? I think it was okay that we kept going because we never had lightning like okay. on us. Okay. Only thunder and rain and hail. But lots of fog. <laughs> but lightning but thunder happens because of lightning. Thunder only can happen if lightning is present. Yeah, but the lightning wasn't near us. Oh, though. it wasn't near you. Okay. Yeah. So you never <laughs> Saw a lightning bolt. We never saw it. No. Okay, that's good. Yeah, so we were we were good there, and so I I like use my technique. I pull out the Tyvek, and I post up and wait for the the rain to break a little bit. Uh huh. But he's got an umbrella, so he keeps going up. So I he just kept going. He just kept going up. Wow. And so I I get my little Tyvek situation going, and I'm sitting there like crouched by some bushes by the creek. And this is actually the creek that we, he and I had just filtered water from. Okay. And I'm like posted up just a few feet above where we had pulled water from. And I'm like, what is that smell? Oh gosh. At first it smelled like mothballs or something. And then it started to open up into like the smell of shit. And it was someone's crap right there on top of the ground, like toilet paper. By the water. Right by the water, just above where we had filtered. And if it had rained even one time after that poop had happened, it was probably like leaching slowly into the water. Oh, that's so gross. So I I chlorinated my water after that. Smart. Yeah. Real big trick of the trade. One thing I always promote is carrying chlorine tabs too. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you can take a filter, which is great, but sometimes you just want to be extra careful. Yeah, especially when you're in cat ponds. Especially, especially when you're in cow area. Especially? Especially. 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 
So you um, hung out there. How long did the storm last? Man, I was there for maybe like five minutes, and then oh, it, and then okay. it broke a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it was raining heavy. Um, and this is again on one of those one of many climbs. And at the top, I met a mountain biker who was biking the CT, but he was going no the other way, so the opposite way. And I was like, "Hey, what does the weather look like on the other side of this ridge?" <laughs> and he's like, "Exactly the same." Oh man! I'm like, "Well, we're committed at this point." Yeah, you're in it. We were in it to win it, and so for the next three hours, well, two to three, somewhere in there, I can see the dude like. Probably a half mile in front of me. I see his little umbrella like bobbing up and down. <laughs> but I never catch him. It it really just goes through like these spurts of rain and hail and rain and hail. And I've got to the point where I, I can't even keep myself dry. My, my rain jacket is like drenched. This is surprising to hear. Why? Just because you hate being wet. Well, I had no option. I had to keep going. You couldn't pitch the tent? I mean, I could have pitched the tent, but it was going to get soaked because it's the, the two-piece. So I would have had to pitch, like, the body first, and it's going to get soaked before I can get the oh, fly on it. because it's a downpour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So you're yeah. like, I might as well just keep going. And so it, it never, whenever I get to the top of the climb and I, I, like, talk to that mountain biker, it never stops raining. It's okay. drizzling the whole time, okay. even if it lets up. Okay. So it's like heavy rain, drizzle, hail, heavy rain, drizzle, hail. It's like a cycle. And you can see the clouds like rolling in towards you. But like way off into the distance, you can see an open sky and you can see sun shining. Blue and sun. Blue and sun. And I look on the map and I'm like, it looks like the trail goes that way. <laughs> so I'm like, if I can just keep going, I can get some sunshine. <laughs> and just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. <laughs> And I, you know, there were a few points where it was a little sketchy because I started to get pretty cold and my shoes Ooh. were getting soaked. My pack was getting wet. Were you having any PTSD? No. You no. weren't? Okay. No PTSD, but I was like, it, if this doesn't let up, I need to like find a spot to pitch. Yeah. To get um, warm. To yeah. get warm. Yeah. And, you know, again, it never stopped drizzling, but it let up the hail and the rain. I like got closer and closer to that little to sunny that spot. <laughs> the heavens. And I kid you not, after about two and a half hours of hiking like on and off in that in that garbage, like shoes like slopping around in the mud, like hard to even get traction on some of these climbs, I get to the sunny area and there's a rainbow. There is a rainbow beautiful. in that sunny area. And like two switchbacks above me is the guy. And he's like, Look at that. Dude, aww. Yep. That's so magical. The it dude feels like such a reward. It was. We're getting rained on off and on the last few hours. I'm soaked. But here's a payoff right here. Look at that. That's beautiful. Oh, there's the beginning of a second one. It's almost a double rainbow. This freaking storm. It's gonna hike into the clear skies. It's so windy, the rain is still blowing in this. It's like so still you're blowing still in feeling it even though it's not over you. So yeah, we're still feeling it even though it's not directly above us. But we counted our blessings. Yeah. We we hiked down to the next I think it was a pass, and he decided to pitch his tent. He was done. 
Yeah, he was done. He was pretty wet too. And he didn't want to get too too cold and he didn't want to camp up high. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. So we pitched by a lake and I forget the name of it, maybe like Anne or something like that. But I'm glad I didn't end up pitching there. I kept going. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. The next day, he, he actually told me that his, his stuff was frozen. <gasps> it was so cold because being by a lake. Yeah. Oh, it, it always feels like a beautiful place to pitch until you're camping by an alpine lake. And then oh, it turns I know. so frigid. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he was like in that little pass area, and I felt like it was going to funnel wind. Oh. And I don't know if it did or didn't, but. Yeah. But it sounds like he didn't have a good time. Yeah, he didn't have a great night, <laughs> it sounded like. So I, I do continue going up one more climb okay, just so I can get like another mile and a half, two miles in. And at the top, the rain is completely like dissipated by this point. There is a, a guy with a tent pitched right by this like super high alpine lake, completely exposed. His name is Papa Bear. Oh. And <laughs> I talked to him. Sweet Papa Bear had been planning to hike the CT for about seven years. This was his dream. And by this point, what day is this? This is day 20. This is August the 10th. Mm-hmm. He'd been out there since like late June. Which is So he has taken his sweet time. Yeah. And, and how old was Papa Bear? Uh, he's probably 50s. Okay. But he was just enjoying it. He was like, yeah, I've got a, a buddy coming to meet me tomorrow. Aww. We're going to hike like two to four miles and be a nice like leisurely pace Aww. so yeah i i appreciated his like his attitude after a day of yeah a half day of what felt like sucky weather and like a sucky experience yeah did you pitch by him i thought about it i really did but you didn't do it no because i just didn't want to get caught up there in case the rain came back yeah because there were still clouds around us and i didn't know which way they were going to blow yeah so i wanted to get a little bit lower down into the valley um, which actually was by this mountain called Sheep Mountain. Sheep Mountain. Yep. And there was a spot on far out that said you could pitch. It was occupied by one other guy, mm. whatever. So I just grabbed some water and keep going. And I find this like grassy knoll outcropping thing that oh. looks out over the valley. Oh, that and, is gorgeous. And lo and behold, there is a sheep farmer. Oh, this is where he saw the yeah. dog. Okay, so, this so, is where that was. This is where that was. Oh, that looks so beautiful. So I walk out on like that little grassy outcropping and I find a decent spot to pitch. It's like covered in sheep poo because I mean, this is like a, a, a sheep herder's like valley Yeah. by Sheep Mountains, which is appropriate. And uh, I start to pitch my tent and I, I kid you not, out of freaking nowhere, this sheep like... The shepherd, so sheep herder, shepherd, whatever. The shepherd climbs up the side of the thing that I'm on. And he's got three dogs. He climbs up the side of it like it's nothing. And he's got three dogs with him. (laughs) Two are grown. One is a sweet puppy. And he doesn't speak a lick of English. I only speak like very broken Spanish. But I was able to ask him enough if it was okay for me to camp there. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, He told me that he was camping out there too. And he pointed to his tent. I bet you felt safer, too, knowing that he was out there. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And uh, you could hear the sheep. And I actually (laughs) 
that entire night I heard the sheep like the bawling. whole night. Yeah. Is that when earplugs would have been good? I guess. I no, know. it was a good white noise. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's not like aggressive sounding. It's just like right. very faintly bawling, like off in the distance. I love so it's perfect. But all my shit was soaked. Ugh. And my feet were toe up. That's when your feet up. were messed up. Which, how many miles had you done that day? 23.39. Which is pretty damn good in the rain. But it's, it was 5,200 feet of gain. Which is a lot. In the rain, hail, and the mud. So that was, that was yeah, an achievement. Yeah. So I was proud of myself for that one, even though my feet were pretty trash. Yeah. But found a solid campsite. Grateful for that. You kind of count your blessings yeah. whenever you're out there. Because the trail does provide. It does. Okay, so that was the end of day 20. That was the end of day 20. And? Uh, and it was a bear of a day, for sure. Yeah. Well, okay, so that night, though, because weren't you, like, camped in a very exposed area? Yeah, it was like a little step out in the middle of the valley. And it was exposed, but there was no rain. Everything okay. was just damp and humid. You didn't have any wind, though, that night? No, it was very quiet. Nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning, you woke up and... There were more sheep. <laughs> <laughs> more sheep everywhere. And when I actually started to get out of my tent, and I was... I tried to find some big rocks to hang my my EE quilt on. And all of a sudden, one of the three dogs from the shepherd, his puppy, the youngest one comes running up the hill and it's like jumping all over my legs oh. and just showing me all uh, all this love and it was a great way to start the morning. I was going to say what a what an awesome experience to feel that. Mhm. And he was such a cute puppy. It really was. Wesley showed me videos of the puppy and oh my gosh. It's the cutest black and white puppy. It, and it what type of dog was it again? It's one of those herding dogs. I, I, honestly, I the don't know. The black and white dogs. I just called it a herding dog. Yeah. There there's a specific type of dog and I can't for the life of me remember what type of breed they are, but they're very they're known as herding dogs. It's not an Australian shepherd. No. No. It's a little bit different than that, I think. Yeah. So one of the shepherd's sweet puppies keeps coming to play with me. This is, oh my goodness, hi. Hi. Hi, sweet thing. Are you doing okay? Hi. Hi. Oh my goodness. You're so sweet. Hey, don't fight. Anyway. Started your day? Yeah, the shepherd called... His the dog <laughs> called the puppy back, and he bolted downhill. Oh, I know. What a good obedient dog. I know. I know. Didn't ignore him. No, no. I remember a lot of pika and marmot that. Oh, morning. you do? Yeah, because they were camped in the rock areas around Aww. me. Mm-hmm. And they started doing their chirps and their their eeps. Oh my god! All gosh. those sounds. Can you explain to people pikas and marmots? Like, can we just? take a pause here and talk about pikas and marmots because Wesley, you know, is getting his degree in ecology right now. Yeah. And so he actually studied marmots and pikas a lot this semester. It was I a did. really big part of his study. Uh-huh. Because wasn't that one of your big Yeah, my, my two big projects. One was over pikas and the other was over the marmots. So I learned a lot <laughs> from his studies because it was adorable. But can you talk a little bit about them? 
Yeah, I actually saw a lot of stuff happening that day, and I didn't know actually what it was until after this last semester of classes. Really? Yeah, so I left camp, and I'm hiking along. I think it was called Story Pass. Story Pass Road, Stony Pass. Story Pass sounds right. Okay. And after I got, I got beyond that, it was, a, it was like a dirt road. Lot, okay. Like a lot of the passes are. <laughs> on on the side of the, the trail, I keep seeing little pikas with mouthfuls of grass and flowers and stuff. And I'm like, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> I'm like, they must be sticking it in their little dens or whatever for the winter. But so what I found out about pika, so they're actually, they're, they're, they're not rodents per se. They're part of their rabbit family, the legomorphs. And what they do is in the spring, um, so they don't hibernate. They're, they're awake 365 days of the year, but in the winter, their activity goes way down. And they live in alpine terrain. Like yeah. that's yeah. their environment. They live in alpine terrain. And whenever spring comes around, um, they'll come out of their dens a lot more. And they'll go and do one of two things. They'll either forage or they'll hay. So when they forage, they're going out and they're they're picking those juicy, like high calorie um, forbs or, or grasses and they'll eat them and they, they ingest it and, you know, they get the caloric value like right, right then and there almost. And since they're of the rabbit family, what they'll do sometimes is they'll, they'll eat, they'll poop and then they'll eat their poop again. Sometimes up, up to a few times to get the most bang for their buck. They'll get all the calories out. Because some of those high starch vegetables or grasses oh. are uh, are hard for them to get all the calories out of the first time. So they get so they get them again the second time when they eat their own shit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. And the other thing that they'll do when they're not foraging is they'll hay, and so they'll go and they'll get a lot of these grasses or other leafy types of vegetation or even flowers, and they'll lay them on rocks, and they'll let the sun dehydrate this vegetation so that they could stick it in their dens and eat it over the winter. And the reason that they dry it out is so it doesn't mold. That's so cool. Isn't that amazing? That is so, so cool. Like that they know to do that. Yeah. They're the cutest little things. And then they go. (laughs) Yeah. They're about the size of a potato. And if you look up information on a pika, a lot of the sites will compare them to a potato. Yeah. They're really cute and furry and fluffy and. Make a little beep sounds. A big beep sound. Yeah. yeah. And then the other thing I found interesting that you told me that you learned mm-hmm. is that they are, they're, they're not, um, are they on like a watch list right now of like, cause they're not endangered yet. No, they were, but, they were denied for being put on the endangered species act, um, because there wasn't enough information about them ever since then. There's been a lot of monitoring of pikas. Because they're, they're ecosystem indicators. They, they have like a very specific um, temperature range that they need to live in. And if it gets too hot outside, they can have a heat stroke in the summer. So they need to go up higher in elevation. And if they're... That's right. What's their temperature? Um, so they can withstand temperatures. It was, it was kind of rough, but between about negative four... Or between 14 Fahrenheit... And about seventy three to seventy four Fahrenheit, and if if it if it exceeds seventy three or seventy four for too long, they can have that heat stroke. They can die. Yeah, that is nuts. 
Yeah, I mean, their their internal body temperature is about 104 degrees Fahrenheit. Golly. So they're 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 burning calories pretty wow. quick. But they're hot, so they need to stay in cold environments. So the more global warming is happening and, like, melting things, that's another reason why pikas are important for, like, what's happening. Yeah. So in the, in the winter, so they've, they've got that, that hot, like, internal body temperature, but they stay in their dens a lot of the time. And the dens are covered with snow. And the snow acts as an insulator. Yeah. So the more it's insulated, the less calories they burn. So they still have their, their hay that they're eating during the winter, but they're burning less calories if it's insulated well. Mm. So if you have cold temperatures with less snow, which is kind of what we are starting to see more of, then they have less insulation in their dens, but they're still burning all these calories because it's so darn cold outside. So so it can cause the pikas to go into a calorie deficit. Oh. And if that happens, that leads to mortality, yeah. Oh. I know. Now, okay, marmots are my favorite animals. Like, they're just the most random creature because they're these little fat blubber balls. And they're, they're so lazy in my opinion, like they're just stare, like they're sitting on a rock and they're just like soaking up the sun. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, they're like spaz running the other direction. <laughs> I don't even think it's running. It's more like waddling. It's funny though. I know. Cause when they run, they're like, they're, they're shaking their butts and their tail yes. is flopping all and over. And they're just so cute. They're so, so cute. They're savages. But apparently I found, like, Wesley started telling me stuff. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. They're like, they're savage. They're savage. Yeah. So, and in Colorado, the pika, Ocho, Ocho Tona Princeps, whatever. That's a scientific name. The marmot that we have in Colorado is, is we only have one type. Mm-hmm. It's the yellow-bellied marmot. And there are there are other types like the the hoary marmots over in Washington. They're bigger, a little bit more rugged than these. But, and they make that whistle pig sound. Yeah, the whistle pig is, a, is here, a nickname for marmots. Yeah, whereas here they don't make that noise. They're, they make more of a squeaking noise, kind of like pikas. Yeah, it's kind of like a squeaking noise. Marmots are actually the the largest member of the ground squirrel family. That's right. They're so the, part of ground squirrels. So yeah, they're technically part of the ground squirrels, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, and unlike pikas, marmots do hibernate. They do. Uh-huh. And similar to pikas, they need that like really thick snowpack to insulate their dens so they don't hit a calorie deficit. Because marmots don't, don't hay. They don't store food. They eat what they eat in the spring and the summer. And whenever late fall and snow starts coming down, they go in and that's it. <laughs> if, if they don't have enough, they don't have enough. So, wow. Yeah, it can be a little scary for them. Well, and then you were saying uh, what I didn't know about marmots was a few things. And one was that they lay out when they lay out in the rock and they're sunbathing. Mm-hmm. Why are they doing that? So this is a, a crazy fact. So the, the marmots, they are not on the Endangered Species Act right now, but they're stupid habits. So they... So they are only outside of their den for a certain amount of the time, usually during the daylight hours and the the late spring and summer. And only 15% of that time is spent eating. (laughs) 
the rest of the time, they're lying around, sunbathing. They're letting out warning calls. And part of the reason they sunbathe, one, because they get, um, they get cold easily. They don't have <laughs> hot temperatures. Not, not like a pica. <laughs> so they need to sunbathe so that they can go and eat. <laughs> so, they, so they have to warm, they have to sunbathe yeah. just to get warm enough. To go and eat. It's, it's, they're such they're such divas, is what they, they are. They are. They're very bougie. They're little drama queens. They're like, oh, I must be warm before I go and find my food. Yeah, but they are a little bit larger than a pika. They're probably the size of, like, imagine a dog <laughs> between the size of a chihuahua and like a terrier. It's about somewhere in that size range. Yeah, they can get pretty fat. Yeah, they can they can get just under about ten pounds. Yeah. So that they, they do get fat. And um, then the other thing you said is that they will kill Yeah. The babies sometimes. Yeah. So they, they live in communal den settings. And the same as the American pika that we already talked about. But they'll they live in these den settings and a lot of other species where infanticide happens. That's whenever they kill the infants. Um, It's usually a male killing an infant, usually a male infant. But for the marmots, it's females. It's the female killing a female infant. Yeah, so the females will kill some of the female babies sometimes. So, like, the moms don't have mother instincts. Like, they're just like, oh, there's too many of you. Let's kill you. No, I mean, they they do. They take care of their their pups whenever they're born. Oh, they do? And until they can start doing things for themselves and eating vegetation. But, um, yeah, they will sometimes kill the female pups if there are too many because... Food. They don't want to be out competing. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so. I know. So the the females are hot commodities in these den settings. <laughs> the females. Yeah. And then didn't you say though that they'll they'll is it those that will die if they don't have enough food through hibernation like the kids? Uh, yeah. The. Like they got to figure this out. So what we're kind of seeing is that um, the overwinter. So that's the the eight months that they're hibernating. The mortality rate has gone up for those those pups that are below the yearling status. So they're not a year old yet. So they'll have the the pups and they'll go through spring and summer. Um, Sometimes they'll have like one litter. Sometimes it's two. And if those pups haven't had enough time to get enough calories in their body before winter comes around. Then they'll they'll die in the dens. So sad. Yeah, they hit just starve to death. Yeah, they hit a calorie deficit and they can't really do a whole lot about it. Poor things. I know, but we've been seeing marmots coming out of hibernation earlier with these warmer temperatures. Oh. So they have longer foraging times now. Okay. So that might have kind of a positive effect on marmots. Okay. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Anyway. So that's for the yellow belly marmots. Anyway, I just wanted to I, you to share your knowledge about pikas and marmots with everyone because I thought that was really cool. They're fascinating. Yeah. And again, these are these are alpine and subalpine animals. So they live between, I don't know, 8 to sometimes 14,000 feet. Yeah. So they're up there in these rocky taluses underneath rocks. Um, yeah, it's so cool. Very little vegetation up there. So. Yeah. I mean, so that means they have to go down then to like... Yeah, they go down and deep inside the rocks and the little burrows that they, it's they dig. It's so cute. 
Yeah, it is. Yeah. But anyway, so you were hiking that day. This is day 21? Day 21, yeah. And you said you saw a lot of pikas and marmots that day. Yeah, and a lot of pikas with mouthfuls of stuff. I'm (laughs) like, what the hell are they doing? And now I know they were literally preparing for the winter. They were preparing. Yeah. Oh. You know, I I didn't spend enough time looking at, like, the rock areas because that's where they live but i wish i could have seen big piles of their yeah their vegetation they were drying out it would have been kind of cool to that see. would have been cool yeah so now i'll start looking for it yeah yeah but yes that day once i got past all that and i was like fascinated by all these rodents and rabbit family descents and stuff <laughs> um it was it was it was finally time to get out of the big 30 and I was glad for it because the day before, last time, I had been, um, it had been raining heavy, yeah. the hail and all that stuff. Yesterday was a very difficult day for me. Didn't matter how many double stuffed Oreos, Pop Tarts, whatever other food I had, I, I just couldn't, couldn't get a whole lot of energy, especially on some of these climbs. And I, I guess it's because. Most of this terrain out here is above 12,000 feet and just being at this elevation for that long just plays a factor in lethargy and you're not having as much energy to power through these climbs. But anyways, so that and just the rain and constant mist that seemed to be like a shadow just following me. Um, It was definitely hitting the morale. You can only stop and hide underneath your Tyvek for so many <clears throat> periods before it wears you out. But after two to three hours of that, we hiked towards the sun and the sun delivered. We had a huge rainbow. Felt like a promise that the rain was done for the day and it was. And I ended up going a little bit further finding this campsite, speaking to this farmer, actually a shepherd, as best I could, because he didn't speak English, only Spanish. And he let me camp there. And all night I heard sheep bleeding, dogs barking, and actually it was kind of nice. So turned out to be a good day, despite being very difficult physically and mentally for me. So glad for that. And this day, the skies were clear, just a few clouds, and they didn't look like rain clouds. And it was only, I think, five or six miles maybe before I hit a big downhill that would take you out of the Big 30 Uh and down towards the Animus River. The Animus? The Animus. Oh, Animus is what it was called? Yeah, it's called the Animus River. So it's a big river. Yeah, yeah. Do you have to cross it? Mmm... Yeah, but there's a little bridge. Oh, of course there was. Yeah, there were no hard water crossings on the Colorado Trail. Well, for anyone that's interested, there you go. You don't have to do any crazy water crossings like the PCT. Yeah, the PCT just tells you to figure out how to get across. Oh, yeah. It's like, see this huge rushing rapid? Just Like, that's your that's your challenge for right luck. now. Yeah. <laughs> you, have, you have PTSD from that. I do. But the CT, though, that's great to know there were bridges at any water crossings. And, Man, and any substantial so ones, yeah. Gosh. The little itty-bitty creeks, you could just hop on a single rock and right. be good. Gosh, so spoiled. We were spoiled on that one. But 
So I get to the end of the Big 30. It's finally the end. And I look down. And you can see, I don't know, like 20 to 30 switchbacks. Like steep, sharp switchbacks going downhill. And this like cutting through this grassy field between these really red looking rocks. What? Super cool. That is cool. And you get down those switchbacks. And that's actually where I I caught uh, the dude again. Oh! Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, he goes slow on downhills uh, because of his knees, but he's pretty quick on the uphills. Yeah. So I caught him going down, and at the bottom of all those switchbacks in that red rock, there was a huge, like, door carved out of the rock, and it was an old mining area. Whoa. Yeah. That's really cool. That was cool, and it's right by uh, a creek. It's called Elk Creek, and... The, the creek bed was largely red, and it kind of smelled. So there's some sulfur definitely around the area. Around that area. And this is the steepest part of the whole damn trail right really? here. Really? Yeah, the descent from Elk Creek is ankle-breaking for, for a while. And it's, it's not like smooth trail. It's all on rock and scree. Ooh. So it's super easy to just trip and hurt Fall. yourself. And I don't know how he did it. But I turned around and there was some, he called it an old timers trail. There was some trail that the dude had found, like right beside the Colorado trail. But it was all smooth and like warm. What? Yeah, he's like, I've learned this on my many times uh, hiking the CT. <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess it kind of pays to do it a few times and you, you notice stuff you didn't the first time. So is it, is it connect you to the CT? Like, does it go off the path or yeah so i whipped around and yeah. did like a little little bubble yeah and the straight line for the descent and he just took a straight line all the way down someone else had started it and people had just kept taking it and i didn't even see it it's like off trail oh that's funny i know so we took that that's funny whatever dude whatever the dude <laughs> and at the bottom is whenever you hit um a forested area, so you're finally out of the Big 30, you're back in forest. And I remember the dude telling me that he was here the year that huge avalanches happened in the area. <gasps> Whoa. Yeah, and so they were having to climb over oh. hundreds and hundreds of, of uh, down trees. Yeah, that had like the avalanches had taken them down. Avalanches had taken them yeah. down. And, and since then, the, tree, or the trail's been cleared or rerouted. But you can still see all the trees piled wow. up down in the bottom of the valley. Wow. You're like, wow, that's a lot to have, have come down. Can you imagine doing it in winter? That would be intense. Could you, you even do it in winter? We'd probably have to glissade down it. You could, you could probably do it in the winter, but it wouldn't be easy. Which could, would you glissade down it then? Down the Elk Creek area? Yeah. Probably. Just get your ice axe out and crampons and just go. It's still pretty steep. It'd though. probably be fast. You would need to do a very slow control. Glissade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty scary. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I lost the dude after that because I sat on a, a rock to eat lunch. Okay. And it, it wasn't until after I was already eating that I realized there were massive uh, deadfalls like right behind me. Oh, gosh. But the views were so great. I could like look up and through the canopies of the trees and see the the mountains across the way. Oh, the San Juan. That yeah, we're still in the San Juans. Yeah. And I enjoyed a lovely little lunch there by myself with the mosquitoes. <laughs> Honest to God, I probably 
tallied about 40 mosquito kills. I'd, I'd actually, oh, so the mosquitoes were... Oh, man, yeah, I forgot it, it was July. Because it's a wet area. I mean, August. Wow. Yeah, but I developed a really great strategy. Just yeah. use myself as bait. Okay. And then as soon as they land on you, just kill them. You just smack them. Yeah, just smack them like that. <laughs> smack that all on the flow. Smack, smack that. that. Da, 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 da. Smack da, da. that. Give me some more. Smack that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And the dude had gone on, and I didn't see him the rest of the day. He said he was going to hike down to and somewhere around the Animus and probably camp down there. Okay. But I didn't see him when I got down there. Unless he was, like, hidden. I mean, he knows all these secret paths and hiding holes. spots. He probably has some secret camp spot over there. He's probably left himself caches out there. Probably. Just to go and enjoy. Yeah. But I hiked past the Animus and it was probably... About two hours before dark, and there is a massive climb as soon as you cross the animus. Oh, boy. And that's where everybody was more or less camping. There were three different campsites over there, and they'd all been occupied. And people were like, oh, are you you going up today? I was like, yeah. I kind of want to get to Mollus Lake Campground, which was my goal. And it was... Basically, at the top of this larger climb. How many miles did you have? I think it was about four to five. Okay. And what time was it in the day? Oh, man. I can actually look right here and tell you. So, I crossed the lake around 5.30. Okay. And when was it getting dark then? Around eight? Probably, yeah. Yeah, about eight o'clock. So, two, two and a half hours of daylight. But okay. but there were definitely clouds rolling in. Oh no! Of course, PTSD. You're PTSD. like, oh no! <laughs> and honestly, it was not. The, the climb wasn't nearly as bad as people were saying it was, and, <laughs> or as bad as it looked. I just plugged in music and I was just powering uphill. You're a good climber, though. Sometimes. Most of the time. But I got to the top of the climb, and my motivation is the fact that I was. Hopefully going to get to the campground before their general store closed. Oh, there's a general store. Yeah, I was really wanting some milk. Oh, yeah, you were. You and your liquids. I love my liquids. Yeah. Milk and orange juice. Yeah. Seemed to do it. So you got there. Yeah, I got there after I had met these two ladies. These two older ladies, sweet, white-haired women. Out there in the middle, just doing their own thing. I don't know if they were hiking the whole trail or not. Do they have big backpacks? Yeah. Okay. And one of them was just as cranky as could be. Really? Yeah, the the um, the non-cranky one was like, hey, uh, how much further to the campground? I'm like, oh, it's, it's about a mile. And they're like, it looks like it's way further away on our map, the cranky one said. Whoa. And I'm like, well, I'm just telling you what my digital map that tracks GPS locations oh, tells you. Oh, were they doing a read map, like yeah. a paper map? And <laughs> yeah. you were doing like... Far out. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm just telling you what the map says. You can take it or leave it. <laughs> oh. I know. And after I left them, I passed another hiker who I'd met at Lake City. And he was having severe GI issues. Uh-oh. Was he, did he have Giardia? I don't know. I, I don't know if it was that. But he was just having some major stomach problems. Oh. And I was just hoping that it wasn't something that spread around the RV park. Like norovirus. At Lake City. Like norovirus on the PCT <laughs> did for us. And 
Um, he was like, hey, just to let you know, the trail is a little weird from here to try and get to the campground. And it was. But I finally did get to the campground, like the split to the campground, another mile later. And it was another half mile just to get from the split to the campground. So it's a half a mile? Yeah, it was a half mile. Okay. And I'm scoping out the area by, by the parking lot where that split is. But I'm hoping that I can just pitch at the campground. I get there. The general store is, is in the process of closing. But, but they led me in there and I grabbed the last two milks. And, and some juice and some other little small snacks. Uh, and they had a, a pretty legit hiker box. Mm. It was the biggest hiker box on trail. Nice. And this thing was full of dehydrated meals. Backpackers, pantry, mountain house. Why would anyone give up dehydrated meals? I don't know. I just don't. I will say a lot of them were vegetarian. Huh. And they didn't have the most calories. But it was something different. Like full of flavor and they're filling. Even if they're not high calorie. Yeah. Um, But whenever I was checking out at the, the campground... At the general store, I was like, hey, is there anywhere here on site that I can camp? And she's like, do you have a reservation? I was like, no. And she's like, well, no. I was like, okay, then. No. <laughs> she's like, uh, you actually need to camp off-premises. I'm like, what? And she pulls out this map and Jeez. shows me. And off-premises is a half mile back where I was at, that, at the split. And I'm like, damn, well, I see other hikers out here. And she's like, well, they shouldn't be there. I'm like, God. Trying to do the right thing, I just know. suffer a little bit extra. Like, but, like if you had an her, you probably would just pitch there. And I know it's like know. you know. And she's like, you also cannot camp. You can't cowboy camp where the the hiker boxes because they they'd set up a, a really nice like um, you know the white tents you see at events. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd set up one of those and they had pitched it low to the ground so it didn't get a lot of rain blow oh. inside. There was a table, a little, like, I don't know. It's a cool setup. But she's Why like, wouldn't they let you guys cowboy camp? No, she said, you can't cowboy camp there. Can't do it. Anyways. Jeez. So I got I got all my goodies from the hiker box and my, my beverages. Yeah, I hauled ass back to that split because I saw some, some flat spots there originally. And I was basically just going to have to pitch there unless I wanted to hike further in. Mm. And the clouds were rolling in. It was getting darker earlier than it should have been. Mm. I was like, that means it's probably going to rain. Yeah. So I did get back and I pitched. Made dinner and after about an hour of being there, it started to rain. And um, I remember when I was pitching my tent, there was some guy parked in the parking lot. And he had his, his work truck and he was cowboy camping. He was setting up his mat right beside his truck. And I was like, well, I'll bet he ain't out there right now with that rain happening. <laughs> He's in his truck. <laughs> He's probably in his truck. Yeah. That's funny. And that rain lasted until about 8.30 the next morning. Oh, geez. It, it rained, rained the whole night? The entire night. Which is kind of surprising for Colorado. It normally doesn't rain the entire night. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that, that area, I'm not too familiar with the San Juans. Maybe it gets more rain. Maybe. Than some other spots. Yeah, I don't know. But it, it was getting dumped on. Golly, you were yeah. just getting storm after storm out there. Yeah, it was probably one giant storm surge is just blowing through in increments. Now, how many miles did you do that day? Um, on that day, I did, let's see, 22.2 miles. 
30, almost 3,900 feet in gain. Nice. Not too bad. Not a bad day all in all. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it was successful. So that was the end of day 21. 21. So now we're into day 22. Yes. Day 22. Ooh, what miles did I do this day? I ended up doing 22.4 miles, 4,000 gain. But I didn't get started until pretty late because I actually, whenever the rain quit, I hiked back <laughs> to the campground. Man, you really wanted that general store. <laughs> I, yeah, I raided the general store again for more drinks, and I wanted to charge up my electronics because this is this would be the last stop before Durango. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I go there, and it's it's cold as shit for some reason, and of, of course the hiker station's all outside, but this sweet groundsman I forget the guy's name. Aww. He is kind as he could be. He brought me a, a portable heater out there. Oh, he did. He plugged it up, brought a little heater. Aww. And um, he showed me, <laughs> this was a trick of his. He keeps running water through the Keurig machine to get more coffee out. Okay. So he did that for me. I, I didn't really want the watered down coffee, but I appreciated the sentiment. <laughs> yeah, I know. He was, he was a great guy. And while I'm sitting there charging my stuff up, another hiker comes over to charge his power bank. He's in his 50s. Okay. And this power bank, he said he got from Best Buy. It's about two pounds. Oh, my God. And it shows him the the amount or the percentage of charge he's gotten on it. And he's like, yeah, this was uh, from Best Buy. This is a, a G&E. G&E? A G&E power bank. It was the size of a book. Oh? It was massive. Wow. And then the dude shows up. Oh, the dude. Was, okay. The I dude didn't realize you up. saw him again. Yeah. I don't know. He's, he still never told me where he camped. But, it's his secret spot. But all of his stuff was soaking wet. So he gets there and he's like trying to hang things from the the rafters in the in the tent of this like the the hikers area. Oh my gosh. He's pulling stuff out of his food bag. He's giving me food. He's putting food in the hiker box. He's just trying to get rid of stuff. He's just trying to get rid of stuff. Did he have too much food, I'm guessing, or he You know, I think he did. And yeah. it was bougie food, too. Really? Yeah, I found out he lived in Oregon. And he had Heather's Choice. He had all these oh. eclectic dehydrated food brands. And I'm like, damn, dude, you've uh, you've been living the high life here. Wow. I know. And it was so strange to me, too, because their, their hiker box was a cooler, like an igloo cooler. Uh-huh. A big one, too. Okay. But they just leave it outside. There's no lock on it. Wait, but there's bears. I'm like, that ain't bear proof. <laughs> I'm so shocked because there were no bear boxes around there either. Are there no bears in that? There's no bear gotta lockers. be bears in that area though. I I thought that there were because I saw some later. Oh, that's right. But maybe they don't have an issue with bears at the Mola's Pass area. That is weird. Yeah, it's a little weird. Isn't that the place where the woman was like, "You got here so early, you couldn't have camped away from here or something." Oh yeah, that freaking morning I go in there to get my to do to make a coffee and to get some beverages. Just trying to give you some some business here, woman. Yeah. And she's like, You're here way too early. I'm like, no shit. I woke up and walked here though. Welcome to a hiker. Welcome I I rise with the sun and go down with the sun. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever. Give me some milk. Give me some milk and <laughs> shut up. No. Yeah. And so, it was funny because when I got the when I had gone to the shop that morning and got the last of the milk, yeah, there was a, a a younger boy in there. He's 
couldn't have been more than 13. He was, this was his first job. He was going to be like the helper to the groundskeeper. And he was in the shop standing around waiting for the groundskeeper. And he's like, I think you found the secret there, bud. He's like, the milk is the way to go. That's what he said to you. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) dang straight, son. That's right. Sugar. Protein. Protein. Fat. Fat. Everything everything your body wants. It's true. That is hilarious. He cracked me up. So you were there charging your stuff up. Yeah, yeah. And then you left. Yeah, I got about as much charge as I I dared to wait for. Yeah. Enough to get me to Durango. And then I had to hike back that half mile again and I had to go pack up. So all my stuff was just sitting there drying out. And I didn't think anyone was going to take it because it was all soaked. (laughs) No one wants wet hiking gear. No one wanted that. So I eventually did get all packed up, started hiking out. Getting an extremely late start today at 1130 because it rained all night last night and this morning until about eight. At which time I left all of my camp stuff there, promptly walked over to the campground, Molus campground, to get hot coffee, a burrito, and some milk, because I was craving these things. Charged some stuff up, and now the skies are still cloudy, but there's some sun out here. Hopefully it'll be a good day and I can knock out a good chunk of miles. And this is a pretty populated area, so I got a lot of uh, day hikers and weekenders who were hiking around, giving me cheers. They're like, get it, man. I even had this one group of middle-aged women compliment me on my legs. (laughs) What? (laughs) Wait, what happened? They just hiked by and they're like, well, you've got the legs to do it or something. (laughs) I'm like, these have been hard-earned quads and calves oh right here. Oh, my gosh. That was funny. That's hilarious. Uh, after after all the pedestrians, though, it got pretty quiet. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the, the trail was not super populated. I could hear sheep off in the distance. <laughs> oh, the sheep. There's like a sheep thing here, apparently. Who knew? I know. And I continue on, and I see the engineer. The engineer from Lake City. So the engineer, along with Nemo and Jukebox. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I had left. The oh, that's thre- right. I'd left the three okay. of them behind. Like, yeah, two and days like, ago. how is he so far ahead of you? And I'm like, what the hell? And apparently, come to find out, the engineer, Jukebox, and Nemo. Uh, one of them had an aunt that lived in the area, and rather than risking going out in the Big Thirty during a storm, whatever, I get it. No, I don't. Concerned for your safety. No. They went and stayed with the aunts and ate cookies, and she dropped them off at Molus. I know. I mean, okay. It's, it's, the, it's the constant debate of hike your own hike. Where I get tripped up is when I see posts mm-hmm. and people say, I hiked the Colorado Trail. Or you see their finisher post and they're like, I hiked... 2,653 miles when it's absolute bullshit. Yeah. Like, that's when I get crazy. I'm like, no, you mm-hmm. should tell everybody you hiked part of the Colorado Trail. Yeah. Or you hiked most of the Colorado Trail. Don't say, I hiked the Colorado Trail. Yeah. And I don't, I and I don't know what, what they all claimed. 
the the engineer dude, he was super open about it. He's like, yeah, I kind of didn't expect to finish. I got to get back. School's about to start up. And that's know. fine. I need to be ready. If you if you know that and you're calling it, that's fine. Uh, dude, he had a he had a steel frame backpack. He was not worried what anyone else was thinking about him out there. Oh, my God. For sure. That's hilarious. The other two, uh, Nemo and Jukebox, I actually don't know. I don't even know if they finished. I hope that they did. Who knows? And maybe they went back and finished the the Big 30 strip. Who knows? That's true. Maybe they went back and did it. Yeah. I just, I don't know. But After again. the PCT, I got, I I get, got very I get, annoyed. Yeah, I get triggered whenever people say they skip. I, I Intentionally skip because, oh, no, a storm. Yeah, and I get it. If it was if it was legit going to be bad, I get it. But this is just me, and you can judge me for saying this or not. But when I hear people skip, and they don't mention going back in the future, you know, I lose a little bit of respect for that person. Yeah, but that's too. just me. me too. Like we knew people on the PCT, and they skipped, but they're like, "Hell yes, I'm going to go back and finish." This. Yeah, and they did, and they did. Yeah. So. I don't know. That's just my two cents. That's yeah. how I feel about it. I do get triggered by people skipping. Yeah, me too. But that's just because I care so strongly about what we do that yeah. it feels a little disrespectful for people to skip sometimes. It feels very devaluing, I think. It does. Because we're out there suffering and we are well, out there. not suffering. Well, okay. I'm going to use the term. We're out there enduring the elements. <laughs> I'm going to use the term suffering. Suffering. Okay. But, but we're... We're out there in the elements and we are out there in the middle of a storm, right? And like we are experiencing these painful moments of whether it's like freaking cold outside or lightning or whatever it may be. And then all of a sudden you see, you know, you run into these hikers that you've like been leapfrogging with and come to find out like they have skipped. Mm -hmm. And then they're talking to you like they, they understood what you went through. Yeah. When they didn't. Like, they didn't experience the storm. They didn't experience the hypothermic cold. Like, yeah. I guess it's just stuff like that. I, I do lose respect because I'm like, why didn't you just either wait out the storm and mm-hmm. then just keep hiking? Like, yeah. what's the point in skipping unless you're on a time frame and you have to be back? And you're like, okay, I'm going to have to either wait here or skip ahead and come back and do this some other time. And like, en- engineer was there. He's like, it ain't going to happen. I'm on a time constraint. Yeah. I'm just going to enjoy this last one. And I bit. get that. Yeah. I, I don't know. And I know we've been on the soapbox before about skipping. Yeah. But I think it's it's all stemming from stuff that we saw on the PCT. Ugh. You know, people would people would just skip because they didn't want to do a hard climb. There was no, there was no danger, no hazard. It was just no. a hard climb. And they just didn't want to do it. And they didn't want to do it. And then, and then people, like we started finding out that people were hitching... To where the midway point on the PCT is. And you can hike in eight miles to it. Instead right? of hiking the, the huge stretch from Selden Yeah, because it's a huge burn section. Or Belden Town, yeah. It's a huge burn yeah. area. Yeah. And everybody used that as like a, well, I just, you know, my safety's like at stake here. It wasn't dangerous at all. I don't want to breathe in ashes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, our legs were pretty black when we finished. They were very black. From all the ash. But, like, but people were hitching, like, skipping, like, what, 50, 80, 100 miles? And they would get dropped off at Chester, hike in to the midway point, take a picture, put it on social media, and make it look like 
they had gotten to the midway point. And yeah, and I think that's one of my biggest pet peeves is stuff like that. And then after you know people quote unquote make it to the terminus and they'll they'll put that finisher picture on there uh-huh. and, and make it and, look like and you know that they skipped big chunks, but they'll say two thousand six hundred fifty three miles, the Pacific Crest Trail finally at the end. And they're skirting around saying that they hiked all of that. When you know, because you knew them. And you know that they didn't actually hike it all. But yeah. they're still claiming that they they hiked it by not saying they didn't. Yeah. And so they're lying. Oh, that's so aggravating. Yeah. Especially when you did. Yeah. You, like, didn't break your footpath. Like, or we didn't break our footpath. But... Bingo. So if you're out there calling yourself a hiker, that's awesome. If you're going to call yourself a through hiker... Finish the damn trail. Finish the whole trail <laughs> and just have some integrity about it. Because if you haven't actually finished a whole hike all the way through, there's the key word, through. You're not through. a through hiker. You're not a through hiker yet. That doesn't mean you won't be. That's why at the very end, we did a video and you can find it on Instagram actually. And I look at Wesley and I say, we're officially through hikers now. Yeah. Because never, I'd never called us through hikers. Yeah, yeah. Because we weren't. I know. We'd finally finished. Yeah, we had finally finished our one. first big long trail. And it felt so good too. It felt so good. Yeah. Anyway, but I guess you know these people they will live with their guilt and they'll take it to the grave. Or maybe they won't even live with guilt because they don't feel guilt about it. <sighs> so well, everybody's we, different, I guess. We just have a different level of integrity than some people. I guess so. But I'm I'm proud to say that the people that we hiked with on the PCT, they all had some fucking integrity. Dude, we. So everybody, you know who you are. We can start listing out names. Oh, yeah. Y'all are all epic, and you've all got hella integrity. So please keep it up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those were all our friends. I was so proud to, like, be Mm -hmm. in our friend circles because they really did have integrity. And we're true through hikers in the purest sense. Oh, dude. Yeah. But anyway, so, okay. (laughs) Tangent. Oh, yeah. Back to the trail. And I also want to to brag on Tumbleweed real quick. Because remember... Yes. Tumbleweed had to skip because of a variety of reasons. He had to skip some sections. And he made it to the terminus and he said, I'm still not a through hiker. Yeah, he said, Man, you guys are through hikers. He's like, I gotta come back and do this trail. Because I'm not a through hiker yet. Yeah. Yeah. So So shout out to Tumbleweed on that. Yeah. Be a that's tumble integrity. be a tumbleweed. Be a tumbleweed. Yeah. So wait, are we in day twenty two? Uh we are in day twenty two, yeah. Okay. Breakfast at Tiffany's, breakfast at Mola's. Breakfast at Mola's. Left Mola's hiking, met the engineer. Saw the engineer. Yep, that's uh-huh. where we went on our tangent. I know we go on tangents. And after the engineer, it leads up to a big climb. Okay. Towards the pass. I don't, again, I don't think this pass had a name. A lot of these passes just don't have names. No name pass. And if they do, they're not on Far Out or All Trails. Or, or my Garmin map. Maybe it's on a Forest Service map or something. I don't know. So I'm hiking up towards this pass, and lo and behold, the damn clouds roll back in. Oh, no. And it starts raining on me. Again. Around 11,000, like 500 feet. Oh, geez. And Was it lightning or just rain? It was just rain and thunder. And Wait, but there was thunder, which means there was lightning somewhere. Yeah, again, I didn't see the lightning. You didn't see it. But I can hear the thunder. Okay. Yeah. I never saw the flashes of lightning. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's good. Yeah, but I mean, you're right. You have to have lightning with thunder. (laughs) You do. You do. You do. Yeah. 
But I feel like thunder travels more than than lightning. Like you can hear it more easily than you can see a lightning oh, yeah, flash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the flash yeah. could be twenty miles away, or it could be behind you too. Yeah, true. Yeah, but I did get caught on high alpine terrain in the rain. Yeah, and I actually found a rock outcropping. It was maybe a foot above my head. It hung out a little bit, and so I just sat underneath oh, it with nice. my pack. Yeah, I sat there for like 20 minutes. Nice. And just let it chill out. And then whenever the rain slacked off, I went and climbed the top of the pass, started to go back down. Rain picked up again. And there was a group, there was, it looked like a trampoline. There was a trampoline tucked inside of the woods, <laughs> like just sitting there, just riding out the rain. Nice. I'm like, I get it. Yeah. Uh, so I continue on, and this is where I see these huge, massive canine tracks. And I know that there are no wolves in the state of Colorado yet, That, or at least that's been reported. Unless, could they have come over from New Mexico or Arizona? Because uh, you're that close. You're, like, tipping the line. Really I actually close. don't know if there are Any wolves, wolves in New Mexico or Arizona. Okay. I guess we've never Definitely Wyoming and yeah, um, Oregon, Idaho, and Idaho. Yeah, but but they, I don't know. I don't know. So you saw these massive canine tracks. Yeah, could have been a huge coyote. Yeah, it was too far out in the middle of nowhere for it to be someone's dog, and there had been no other uh, dog prints. Anywhere. Okay. So I just I was very careful in that area because I was by myself and it was dense woods at that point. Okay. And the the tramley was still miles behind me, probably sitting in the trees. So I didn't know anyone. You're all by yourself. <laughs> yeah, and it it does continue to like get heavy and slack off again. Rain heavy, slack off. So I just duck under dense trees. And when I'm standing there, I'm just looking around, just making sure that nothing's hunting there. You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now I was fine. At the bottom of the climb, there's a little. A monument to the mother of the Colorado Trail. What's there, her name again? Oh, Judy? Judy. Hang on. I got the picture here. Uh, Judy Gaskill, mother of the Colorado Trail. And why was she called the mother of the Colorado Trail? Don't know that. Did she? I wonder. We should find out why. We should find out why. Let's see. Why is Judy Gaskill the mother of the Colorado Trail? Hmm. Oh, because she founded the Colorado Trail in 1984. Oh. Yep. So she organized the foundation. Yep, she organized the CTF. Aww. Oh, she was an American mountaineer. Good for her. She looks so sweet. What? Back in 1984? Yeah, she was born in 1927 in Illinois. Dude, she was ahead of her time. Look at her. She looks so sweet. The fact that she did all of that at that age is a big deal. Mm-hmm. She died at 89 in Denver. Oh. There's an elementary school named after her. Oh. Oh. Wow. Well, that's why she's the mother. The, the mother. The mother. She's the mother. The mother of the Colorado Trail. <laughs> Hey, babe, can I get a mutter? You know what? I'll muddle your drink. Whatever. No. Yes, no. that worked out. Muddle and mutter are two different things. No, I think it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. 
whatever. So you run into sweet old Judy. Oh, Judy. Judy's Judy, memorial. Judy, 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 Judy. Judy and lots of hikers down there. Oh. Big old water course down there. It's like a, a the watering hole for hikers. Felt like it. How many hikers were there? Uh, probably three tents. Oh, I thought when you said a lot of hikers, I was thinking like ten. On the Colorado Trail, that is a lot of tents. Three is a lot. Yeah, because there aren't many people out there, and if they are, they're spread. I guess it's so different because on the PCT, a lot was like ten. I mean, it felt like a small army down there to me. A small three people. Army, yeah. yeah, they were hanging up their stuff. Oh. They had all probably pitched early whenever the rain hit. Uh huh. Well, so were you gonna pitch there, or was this too early? Way too early. What time was it? Uh, by the time I got to the Judy statue, I mean, it was... Judy, Judy. Uh, what, 5.50? So, not early, early. It's not early. But it wasn't late enough, because the sun still wasn't yeah. going down until 8. 8, 8.30, actually, yeah. Yeah. And I already had my sights set for this... Um, it, it was called... What is it called? Celebration Lake. Oh! And it's also called... Uh, Bolum Lake on the map too, but it's it's Celebration Lake, and at this spot they have salamanders. Yeah, that are like they're they're stuck in between stages, so they still have like their their swimming tail. But then they've got the legs. But too. then they have front legs. That's so cool. So I I forget what they call it, but it's like an in between metamorphic state. Okay, which is kind of cool. That is cool. I saw them the next day. But I have my sights set on the specific lake, lake. Which was beautiful. To get to and camp at. The pictures you showed me were gorgeous. It was super cool. Wait, but is this where the... So I'm hiking... <laughs> so I'm trying not to give anything away. Th- this is a weird evening. So after I cross the, um, the bridge with Judy's sign on it, I climb up. And I I have to do this little creek crossing. And this has the whitest stone, the whitest sand I've seen out there. It's beautiful. It's almost like something out of Gondor. You know, everything is white and pale gray. Yeah. It's beautiful. Wow. And then I get to this open field. And I need to collect water because there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of water coming up until the lake. Wait, how many miles is all of this? How many miles? I don't know the mileage in between the, the spots. But I just know that the whole day was 22.4. Okay. So I, I leave the Gondor Creek and I'm filtering in the middle of a meadow with, uh, it's got like this really dense, like green water vegetation. I don't even know what it's called. But I look up and there's like this thing at the top of the hill and it's got a long neck, like a head. And it almost looks like a tree with no leaves on it. It's just, it's just up there. It's very cemented, not moving at all. And so I'm collecting water and I'm starting to filter. And I look up, the thing is still there. I look down, I look up a third time, it's gone. I'm like, what the hell is this? Is this some weird... What was it? Like, was it a, was it, it a Sasquatch? Is this some weird totem like out in the woods? Am I about to be attacked? It was a deer, but it. Oh, it, it was a deer! Oh, it scared the heck out of me because there's no one out there, and it's starting to get darker. So you can't really see. Well. I can't really see well, and it was this weird-looking totem thing up on the hill, and it's gone. 
And I didn't realize it was a deer until I, I had finished filtering and I walked a little bit further. Mm, okay. And then I saw the whole thing. I was like, oh. You can see it? <laughs> you scared the shit out of me, little buddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And from that point, I, I reached the top of a ledge. And on the other side of the ledge is the whole deer's family. Oh, and, so there were like a, just a big group of them. Yeah, they're running through this, oh. this giant like, high meadow. How many and were there? The rain had stopped. Everything was glistening with little water droplets. There's about five of them. Oh. Yeah. But as soon as they saw me, they bolted. Yeah. And I almost camped there because, you know, every time we see deer, you get a good feeling. Yes. About it. Yes. Deer equals good omen. Good yeah. vibe. But I was like, no, no, celebration lake, celebration lake. You should have camped. Oh, God. There so, with the deer. So I, I leave the deer meadow and I get back into the woods. Sun is is almost gone at this point. And there are a lot of downed trees in this area. It feels like prime bear territory. Oh, gosh. And I'm just keeping a a wide eye open because, honestly, I'm expecting to see something in the woods at this point. Yeah. You can, like, feel it all looking at you. Especially because it's getting so late. Yeah. That's, like, feeding time. Yeah. Yeah. More or less. A lot of animals come out at dusk. Yeah. Um, But I don't see a bear. And I hiked past a tramway pitched just above Molus. They're probably, I mean, Wait, not, not no. Molus, um, Celebration Lake. Okay. They're probably 0. 0.4 miles above the lake. Okay. But I don't want to camp with them because I honestly didn't feel like trying to be quiet and, yeah. and, and whatever. So I continue on down to the lake and they're, again, 0. 0.4 miles or so away and it's all uphill. So I had to hike downhill to the lake. So I'm down there by myself. No one else is camping at the lake. There's a truck there. There's just a truck parked on the side of the lake. So there's no, a road, access road somewhere then. There's an access road. It's a garbage looking access road. But that truck had made it up there and there was no one in the truck. I didn't see or hear anyone camping. So I don't know who was out there or where they were. But I find a little campsite probably 100 foot away from the truck. And it's behind a huge rock. So to set the mood, I get down to this lake and the sun is, is all but gone. I can see a little bit of light from behind the mountain. And the lake is it's very still, but there's a huge mist above it. So it's already setting a, a sleepy hollow kind of tone here. Like a goosebumps. Yeah, like a goosebumps vibe. Yeah. And after seeing the, the deer totem thing on top of the mountain i'm already a little creeped out (laughs) you're like jumpy yeah so i do pitch behind this large rock which is nestled between the rock and the tree there's an old fire pit there but i don't make a fire and i just get in my tent i'm making my little dinner and i finally get ready for bed no one no one's come back to the truck yet the truck is just there it's like an anomaly unless maybe they went out hiking and camping they could have gone out hiking and camping but I, I would have expected them to hike or camp near the lake. And again, I didn't hear anyone. I didn't see any lights. Yeah. Nothing. Uh, and so finally, I start to go to sleep. And I... <laughs> so I hear a little bit of rustling on the other side of the lake in the woods. It sounds like a limb breaking. And I'm like, oh, there must be someone over there breaking firewood so they can make a fire. I'm guessing it's the person in the truck. And then about two minutes later... I hear what sounds like a a little girl screaming. (laughs) And I'm like, 
is it a dad and a little girl? Is <laughs> is she afraid of something? And then I hear it again. And I'm like, that's not a girl. That's a puma. That's a cougar. How cool. And, and how far away is this? Like in your range? If I had to guess, it's probably about 600 feet. Oh, on the geez. other side of the lake, tucked up in the woods. Okay. So it's not in my immediate vicinity, but 600 feet isn't that far either. Also know that mountain lions can chirp. Yes, they chirp like birds. So it sounds like a bird. If you hear chirps in the middle of the night, it's a, most likely it's not a bird that woke up. Because birds are asleep at night. Typically, yeah. So it's probably a puma that's like rummaging around. It's kind of creepy, to be honest with you. It really is. And they're so quiet other than their sounds. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I was pretty intimidated by that. Yeah. So that's a lot of creepy things adding up for this evening. So was it hard to fall asleep? I, I turned my audiobook on. <laughs> So that I could, uh, so that I could hopefully get to sleep, and it was producing enough sound to keep something they could hear well away. Yeah. The problem is that the audiobook I was listening to was Outlander, and they're living in the North American woods, and it just so happened that that was the chapter about an hour after I started playing it, where they're attacked by a bear, <laughs> and the so main good. character Jamie is having to wrestle a bear. And he eventually kills it, but it, it tears him up pretty bad. Oh, it's literally like the universe is telling you. Like, this is not a good evening be, for Yeah, you. like, be on alert. Be vigilant tonight. And I never, you know, I never heard anything walking around camp. My food bag, it had a few little punctures in it the next morning, but it's probably just from chipmunks or something. Yeah. Because I didn't hang it extremely well. Okay. It was... It was in between two trees, but it was still kind of not super high. But, yeah, I made it through the night because I'm here telling the tale. <laughs> You're still alive. <laughs> I'm still here. And that was day 22? That was 22. Okay. And the next morning, after I did wake up, still no one at the truck, on day 23, I got to see the salamanders. I know. This, there was still a lot of mist over the lake, but I could just barely make them out like close to the shore. Aww. They were so cool to see. That is cool. But I couldn't get a picture of them. Why? It they was, were just too... Yeah, they were like moving fast. Oh, they were okay. pretty deep in the water. Gotcha. Yeah. But, so that was an interesting night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad a puma didn't just pop its head into your tent. Yes, me too. Yeah. If you could see the pictures of this campsite. Oh, it's pretty it's crazy. It's creepy. Yeah. Okay, so did you sleep at all the night of 22? Yeah. You did sleep. Mm -hmm. Eventually you fell asleep? Yeah, I definitely kept waking up. But <laughs> Would I... you hear things in the middle of the night? Uh, there were a few times I may have heard some, some rustlings. Yeah. But it could have just been some small little critches. Just like, yeah. But either way, I would stick my head out of the tent. Just to see. With a headlamp. Just as a... Basically, to intimidate whatever was out there. Yeah. I don't know if I could intimidate a cougar that easily, but... <laughs> <laughs> I was sure as hell going to try if it was something. <laughs> yeah. Because nothing stopped... I take that back. My thin tent is not going to stop a cougar from getting me. Truth. If it really wants to see what's going on inside. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It will open up the tent somehow. <laughs> just, it can just rip through it. Yeah. yeah. The tent only gives the illusion of safety. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It only protects you from basically... Your mind. Water. <laughs> oh, water. And insects. That's about oh, it. 
Man, I can't even imagine when people are cowboy camp like camping in the middle of mosquito hell. I don't know how they do it. That's their choice. Yeah, that's the best thing about having a tent in the middle of mosquito time. Because there's like are hard. hundreds of mosquitoes trying to get in. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we're right. into day twenty three, which is your last. So, I'd say your last full day on trail. It is my last full day. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> it's kind of bittersweet. Yeah. But, let's see. Day 23. Oh, this is another big day. Okay. This is a 31-mile day because I need to set myself up to get into Durango the next day. Yeah. So, I wake up early and I'm like, hey, I actually got to, like, I got to book it today. Yeah. And it's a lot of gain. Uh, it's like I recorded just about 5,700 feet of gain this day. Whew. Over 31 miles. So it's a, that's a reputable day. Yeah. And what I remember specifically is the first climb is up to Blackhawk Pass. So it's actually a pass with a name. Go figure. Hey. So I know what I'm climbing this morning. As I'm climbing up it, there's a group of four other hikers, cute little tramley. I actually, they seem pretty kind. So it's, okay. it's, a, it's a mixed bag, young, old, whatever. Okay. But I, I didn't really stop to talk to them because it was only another day and a half before I'd be done. So not enough time to get to know someone. But I hike past them and these two mountain bikers come up behind me. And so they're going the same direction that I'm going, which is south on the Colorado Trail. And they both bike by me like pretty quickly. Didn't call out, no bells, nothing. <laughs> So it, the, only, the only reason that I even saw them is because I had stopped to pull a snack out of my bag. And then I heard them whenever they were riding by because I didn't have headphones in. So I was like, well, okay, a little call out would have been nice, but whatever, no big deal. So I continue on and hike up to the top of Blackhawk Pass and the two bikers are up there. They're just talking smack about blah, blah, blah. It's bullshit. The per capita on the, on this trail is ridiculous. And I'm like, you do realize that you're on a national scenic trail, right? You're on the Colorado trail. <laughs> like there's going to be a lot of people on this trail. Like, of course there's a lot of people on yeah, it. Like you picked the wrong trail. <laughs> if you want an unpopulated trail, go pick one that you know locally that doesn't have anyone yeah, on go, it. Yeah, go find another trail. I'm like, whatever. They just have a shitty attitude. Let them go about their business. So I, I get to the, the top of that pass. They're there, and I go down. And you're talking to me on the phone. And I have cell service, so I call you. Uh huh. And I'm talking to you on my headphones. So it's it's the Jawbone headphones. So they don't go in your ear. They sit above your, like like right on your temple, above your ear, kinda. And it they like they make sound, but partly the way that you hear is through vibrations. But anyways, it still allows you to be able to hear things happening around you, despite listening to someone on the phone or listening to music. So I'm going downhill and talking to Marie, and all of a sudden, like probably three seconds before I jump out of the way, I hear a mountain bike right behind me. Again, no bells, no call outs, nothing. Not even braking. There's no brake Jeez. squeal. Isn't that ridiculous? That is so... <clears throat> and so it was those two bikers again. And so I, I jump out of the way in the last split second. Otherwise, I would have been either run over or clipped You'd by that toast. bike. Yeah. 
And I throw my arms up in the air and I didn't say anything. I just throw them up in the air. And the other, the second biker was behind the first. He almost ran me over. He sees me throw my hands up in the air and he's like, fuck you, dude. And I'm like, but I'm the one going downhill. You gave no call out. And I don't care if you're jaded because too many people are on quote unquote your trail. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Uh, I I was so pissed about that. I was like, the entire trail, I've gotten over for every mountain biker. Yeah. Because it's easier for me to get off trail than it is for them to get off and stop. Yeah. You know, you're respectful. Even though bikers are supposed to yield to hikers. Yeah. Like, that's just the rule. That's the rule. That's the rule. But in in general, most hikers I know always get out the way for bikers because it's easier. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to go on a tangent real fast. And not everyone is like this. I'm not, I'm, I am generalizing this statement when I am doing this and I am aware of that. I'm just setting that precedence. And I'll let you know that every CT biker was kind. The whole, who were, who were biking the whole yeah. Colorado trail, they were all kind. Super respectful and kind. It was just these fucking weekend bikers. But it's those people. I feel like whenever we're hiking a trail and there are bikers in the premise around us, like on a weekend backpacking trip or something they all act very stuck up it's like they expect us to get out of their way and half the time they don't call out or or they won't even be like hi or or have a great day like it's just like this they look i swear they'll they look at us like we're trash <laughs> you remember when we were hiking the, the trail in Pueblo? Yes, there were so many mountain bikers on that trail. They wouldn't even look at us. They wouldn't even look at us. Like we were just like these like homeless people or something. <laughs> like like something was wrong with us, or we I was just so confused. Like Yeah. Anyway, it just <sighs> But that happens pretty frequently. <sighs> I don't know. It's it's a thing. It really is a thing. It's like they mm-hmm. think they're better than us, is the feeling I get. Mm-hmm. Like I have a bike. You're on your feet. Like, get out of my way. Yeah. And, uh, and it definitely happened whenever I was leaving the Monarch Spur RV Park off yeah. of Highway 50. And I was going up. I've mentioned this already, but just trains of mountain bikers going downhill. And, again, they're supposed to stop. But they, they never will. They, they would call out and be like, you know, eight behind, five behind, however many, which is great. But... Still, the expectation there was that I get out the way for them, which is not supposed to be that way. It's not. But I digress. <laughs> they, at least all those bikers thanked me for stepping aside. Yeah. That's but, when, yeah, when a biker actually, that's when I am like, wow, thank you. It's when the bikers actually stop and they'll pull over when we're hiking. And I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you. Like, actually, you come on because it's going to take us longer to get to you than you to us. Mm-hmm. But I always appreciate when they do that. For sure. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a it's a nicety. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, hey, we're all sharing this trail together. But whatever. Those two assholes were douchebags. They'll get what's coming to them because eventually they're going to do that to the wrong person. Oh, yeah. And or they're going to hit someone. Or they're going to hit someone and their asses are going to get sued. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, something will happen. Because all I would have had to have done is gotten hit by one and taken a really quick picture with my phone. Yeah. And that would have been that. Yeah. But anyways. Day 23. They continued on their assholery downhill. And you never saw them again. Never saw them again. I hope they wiped (laughs) is what I hope. I hope that they wiped. 
Anyways, that's mean to say, but they're jerks. And I meet a sweet older woman later after I get done with the downhill. There's a flat. And the sweet older woman, I was like, hey, have you had any weird experiences with bikers today? And she was like, yeah, I have. But it, wasn't, it didn't sound like it was the same two mm. that I had an issue with. But she had also been seeing like a really high volume of mountain bikers on the trail that day. I was like, okay, that's weird. Maybe this is just a really like heavily trafficked biking area, especially on the CT. And CDT or CT? This is the CT. You just said CDT. Did I? I think you just did. I'm pretty sure you said CDT. Anyway. Maybe this is just a really heavily biked area of the CT. Because there were a bunch of people bike packing. Like they still had their, their bikes pulled over on the side of the trail. Their tents were pitched. Okay. I was like, okay, this must be like a thing here. So come to find out, it was actually a whole event that was taking place. So they were doing a, it wasn't like an organized race, but it was a collection of people starting in Durango, biking all the way, the whole length of the Colorado Trail to Waterton Canyon in Littleton. And it was kind of an impromptu race, basically just saying, hey, let's get a group of people to do this. Let's see how long it takes us, yada, yada. So we probably crossed 100, 150 bikers that day. I know, it was a lot. And they, they were all kind, all considerate. Every single one of them hiking or biking the the Colorado Trail. And well, they had just started in then. Because you're almost at the end, and they're starting in Durango and going to... Yeah, a lot of them, this is their first day. Wow. I know. But again, all very kind individuals. Um, so what happened next? I even wrote shitty bikers on my <laughs> paper here. <laughs> on your note-taking? <laughs> yeah. So it was that bike event. And I actually ran into... Uh, Nemo and Jukebox this day. Oh. So I finally caught up with them after they had skipped the, the, the Big 30. Okay. And they had reunited with, I guess it was their tramley or at least two other hikers that they had talked about whenever I was with them. Mm-hmm. So I was glad that they found their people. They were having lunch. And uh, yeah, the rest of the day is more or less just a grind on uphills, downhills. Well, and, Ste- and you're by yourself doing this all? Yeah, stepping... Stepping aside for bikers. Okay. So you didn't see... Sorry, the way you said that, it was... I I wouldn't know whether you were with them hiking or if you had hiked by yourself. No, I hiked by them while they were having lunch on the oh, side of the trail. Oh, you hiked by them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a, it was a good day. Um, oh, yeah. Lots of good mileage in there. Just about five more miles for today. Tomorrow will be the last day on the Colorado Trail. It'll be day 24, and I'm looking forward to being done at this point. It's been a fun ride, but I miss base camp with my wife, Marie. So it'll be nice to go see her with the views. I feel like I always hit hard sections right as the sun is starting to set. <laughs> and we were, we were like in dark clouds most of the day. There was thunder all around and lightning flashes this time. Wow. The rain wasn't really hitting hard. And it stopped just as I finally left Treeline and I have two unnamed passes to climb. So I get up and on those passes and 
a lot of this trail is on, uh, it's, it's like a boulder field kind of. Okay. And I met one other mountain biker up there. And I think he was the very last one out there. Aww. Uh-huh. Sucking the hind tit. Yeah. Sucking the hind tit. And this is just before sunset. He's got easily another five, six miles to go before he gets to any viable campsites. And he is, he's hike-a-biking at that point. He's, he's walking his bike. There's no riding Aww. it. Yeah. So I kind of felt for the guy. But what are you going to do? I mean, that was his choice to go out there and yeah. not pitch before. Yeah. Because he passed up an awesome campsite, <gasps> which is where I pitched. Oh, you showed me a picture of this place. It was gorgeous. Uh-huh. What an, what an epic last night on the trail. And it was because just through the dark clouds, the sun was like glowing golden just before it set. Mm. And the way the clouds were, it was shooting like very visible sun shafts through the sky. So I was like, oh, what a beautiful sunset. So beautiful. Yeah. And when I finally finished that second of the two passes at the top at the end of the day, so we're approaching 29 miles at this point, at the, at the, like the bottom of that second little pass, I reached the ridge and I can see over it. And there's a lake nestled in a valley. And that's where I'd intended to camp anyway. It's called Taylor Lake. And that is before you really start your big descent down towards Durango. Wow. And I was like, that seems like a great place to stop. All the reviews on Far Out say it's a great spot. So let's try and get there. I did. There was a deer down there. Good omen. There was a deer family down there. And there was a guy down there. Um, he had pitched his tent, not not by the lake, like a little bit further off off Trail Bear Stream, with his pet German Shepherd, and this was his first night on the trail, and it was my oh. last night, so it was kind of a weird juxtaposition yeah. there. He still had the whole thing in front of him, and I was about to be done, and I was like, oh, well, have a great hike, dude. No, I know, but at the same time, I was kind of. Tired of hiking for a minute. Yeah. And we had to get back and move to, to Breckenridge. I know, I know. There was, yeah. To do life things. Yeah. But I do get down there. I, I pitch by the lake. One deer is there at first, and the whole family comes after I've pitched my tent. They're just drinking from the lake, and they've brought the whole family now. One, two, three, and there's a fourth one over there, too. This is cool. Hi. Y'all just gonna hang out with me? Yeah? Okay. And I had a very peaceful night. Tucked in the bushes by the lake. I could hear just a little like trickle from wherever the, the, the lake would spill over. Mm. And it started to flow downhill. Yeah, and I had no qualms about it. The sky eventually went pink, and it was like a cotton candy sunset. Oh, it was a beautiful video. It was. It was. I was like, oh, this is this is a farewell from the Colorado Trail. Oh. It was beautiful. Gave you a little gift. Yeah, it was kind of like a little gift from the, the CT, mm. where all these other bikers were out there, <laughs> soggy and tired. <laughs> I was like, oh, I've got a great situation here. I'm yeah. dry, camp by a lake. You're like, I'm happy. Like, I will. I accept this. <laughs> this is my my due diligence, my That's earned reward. Amazing. Yeah. 
And that leads to day 24. No. The day I get into Durango. Uh, from that campsite, I only had just under 23 miles to get to Durango. And pfft, 1,900 feet in gain. That's nothing. It's easy day. That was an easy day. There was a... There was another... You're not... Again, all these passes are roads. There was one pass to get up to and over. And what is it called? Kennebec Pass was the name of it. Okay. And there were people with their their trucks. You know how they'll, they'll build campers in the truck beds? Yeah. There were a couple of those out there. And I just knew that they were quote-unquote living up there. <laughs> totally. Because it's such a beautiful spot. That's awesome. And... That was a very short climb, and all this is happening in the early morning through mist because it's still kind of kind of thick cloud coverage from the day before, but it doesn't look like it's going to rain at this point. Okay. And I oh, hiked, I remember this yeah. day. <laughs> and I hiked by one guy, and he's hiking in the opposite direction the way that I'm coming from. And uh, I'm going downhill, and he's coming uphill, and he gets out the way for me. And I'm like, you've got the right of way, bud. Like, you can come on. He's like, no. He's like, I'm just out here for a day hike. You're about done. Aww. And I'm, I'm like, why? Well, I appreciate that. Aww. I know. So he was, he was paying respect to, Aww. to a lot of hard work, I guess. Yeah. So I, I appreciated that. That's really sweet. Yeah. And there was this thing called Slide Rock Ridge, Slide Rock Traverse, Slide Rock Traverse. That's okay. what it was. And it's just. I don't even know why it's got a name. It's just a big rocky ridge traverse is all it is. Okay. But it was it was marked and named on the map, which is kind of weird. And off in the distance, I could see a house up on huh. a tiny little lip in the middle of BF nowhere. The house had no good reason to be there. Whoa. And I don't know if it was for mining or something. Yeah. I mean, big mining history in Colorado. Lots of mining. <laughs> So I see the house, I cross the ridge, and just after I cross the ridge, maybe a half mile, I, I stop to take a sip of water, and I'm looking around, and 200 feet above me on the hillside is a bear. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm like, whoa, caught me off guard there, but it's like sitting on a log up there, just staring at me, minding its own business. <laughs> I'm like, okay, bear, well, you stay there. I'll stay down here. You have the high ground, Anakin, and Obi-Wan situation. <laughs> so I'll continue on, and you can have this mountain. And as I started to walk a little bit, I saw that it had a cub with it. Oof. I just saw my first bear of the trail. It's actually two. So the larger was Mama, and I saw a cub to her right, so I decided to get out of that situation. Lest she come 200 feet downhill and try to scare me away, which she did not. Bless that sweet mama there. But um, yeah, that was kind of cool to see. I finally saw a bear on trail on my last day out here. I was like, oh, baby. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you. So that's a mama and that's. That's his That's baby. That's his baby. Yeah, don't, don't screw with that and don't linger too long. Right, and don't stare it in the eye. Exactly. <laughs> so, I, so I did haul ass downhill. I bet you did. Point. Yeah. And this is just a huge downhill day. Oh. There are a few other bikers. There are a few other hikers. None are coming my direction. We're all going the same way. Okay. At this point. 
and at a a little creek crossing. Not even a creek crossing. The trail is like paralleling the creek. Okay. Um, I'm out there by myself, kind of just chugging along with my headphones in. And I turn a corner and there's another black bear <laughs> right there. <laughs> On its hind legs, it couldn't have come up to my chest. So it's still... Oh, it was like a baby. It was a baby. Aww. And I turned the corner. I saw it first. And then I stopped. And then it hears me stop. And it turns its head left and it looks at me. And it takes like two seconds for it to register that I'm there. <laughs> and then it bolts like a like a bolt of lightning. Oh, my. why was it on its hind legs? Was it trying to get something? Was it trying to eat food or something? I think it was trying to eat something okay. like out of a tree. <laughs> and it took off on the other, it took off through the creek onto the other side oh, of the creek. It's like, get the fuck out. Yeah, it's like, no, man, ain't doing Ow, this. Oh, shit. Ain't doing this. Just saw another bear today. It was just older than an adolescent, I guess. It came up to my knees on all four. And uh, as soon as it saw me, it bolted across the creek. It was beautiful though. Beautiful black and fuzzy. Just making sure that there's no other bear with it that's following me. Yeah, we're good. So I hadn't seen an a bear the entire trail. And then I see three on the last oh, day. Oh my God. I know. What a send off. I know. Because those are the first times I've, I'd ever seen a bear in the wild like that. What if we saw a bear on the PCT? The cinnamon. Oh, Cinnabear. Yeah. I mean, it looked so helpless. But... Shoot. I forgot about Cinnabear. Yeah, that was in the wild. I was thinking the only other time I've seen black bears has been in the Smokies from a car. Yeah, this was, but I guess Cinnamon wasn't a black bear in my head. It was cute little. He was a black cinnamon. bear. I mean, he was a black bear, but like he didn't look like a black bear. He looked like this cute little cinnamon. Yeah. Brown bear. Yeah, that's that's a, a fun talking point. Yeah. Black, not all black bears are black. They can be brown and white. Uh, I yeah, albino bears. Albino. Yeah, but it's the it's the facial and the body structures that separate them. Wait, so but this is, I guess the first time you've ever seen a black bear by yourself. Yeah, it's true though. <laughs> you forgot about our. So bear. yeah, I was a little on edge about that. Yeah, Cinnabear didn't count. Cinnabear, Why? Cinnabear was so sweet. Cinnabear was sweet. It was just eating the tall grasses, minding its own business. He, he looked so sad. He did. Well, he's stuck. Anyway, yeah. that's a story we'll tell. On the PCT. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. It'll take us about another five months to get to. <laughs> At the rate we're going. <laughs> but yeah, saw my three bears and really it was uneventful until I had to take a major shit on, <laughs> on the side of a cliff because there was nowhere flat to poop. Oh no. Mm -hmm. And that's where I took my lunch break. It's my last poop of the trail. Your last lunch of the trail. Last lunch of the trail. And I started to get cell service, so I was messaging you, letting uh -huh. you know that I would be there probably in what, time. four to five miles. Yeah. A couple hours. Yeah. And there was a bench on that final downhill towards Durango. Um, the end of the, the trail in Durango is called the Junction Creek Trailhead. Yeah. There was a bench looking out over the whole thing. It was It was called Judy's Overlook or something like that. Judy! Or Judy's Rest. Aww. And it was a bench 
like in Judy Gaskill's honor, Aww. looking out over the end of the Colorado Trail. Aww. I'm like, what a great way to end it. Oh, CT. I know, right? <sighs> and then the trail takes you into terrain that really you hadn't seen since the beginning, starting in, in Littleton. It's really sandy. There are pine trees and oak trees. And it's almost like being back in Georgia. Wow. I know. You hadn't seen that since the beginning of the trail. Yeah. And it's almost a full circle situation. Because you're like, oh, I remember hiking and stuff like this. Yeah. I did it about 20 days ago. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. This feels familiar. This feels familiar. And for some reason, my phone does the weirdest thing. I can't use... um, my far out app won't show me where I am anymore. It won't track at all. Wait, but you, you, even if you turn the GPS on? It didn't matter what I did. Turn my phone off, on, airplane mode, not in airplane mode, far out, other apps. I couldn't see where I was on the map. Weird. For some reason, GPS was not working. I Weird. mean, granted, I only had two miles left and it was a straight shot. Do you think but... it's because maybe I had it on? I don't think so. Huh. It was it was weird though. It's like the trail didn't want me to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe it wanted to capture me and eat me. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. But it also could have been the huge storm that was rolling in. Yes. Because the sky again, I feel Starts like turning I'm black. being so repetitive with this. It gets dark. It, this is just how the weather is out here. It just it's fine and then it rolls in and it looks like impending doom. It yeah. It really does. And you can hear the thunder in the distance. You can hear the thunder. And the last mile and a half, the thunder was loud. And it was was close. Everything was still dry. I'm like, I should probably haul ass. Just because (laughs) I don't want to finish in the rain. Mm -hmm. And I knew the base camp was waiting at the end at the um, the Junction Creek Trailhead for me. I was like, it'd be bad if she got soaked too. Last mile? The Colorado Trail. I think I got some sun today. It's been overcast, so I didn't put on sunscreen, but you can still get burnt. Anyways, this is exciting. About to be done, about to see my lovely wife. You're all. So I haul ass, and there's a few elderly gentlemen hiking the trail. It just looked like they were birding. And then all of a sudden, the the Southern Terminus Junction Creek Trailhead sign like peered into view. It just shows up. And you were there, and you had a you had a bell in your hand. Cowbell. A cowbell. So whenever you you finish a race, like, like an, an ultra, ultra race, race or yeah. even whenever you're getting into an aid station, a lot of times they'll ring a cowbell whenever you're coming in. Yeah, it's a great sound. And so she was ringing a cowbell as I was coming in to the finish line It's like here. his big race. It was my big race. Yeah. I think that this is the end. My GPS map is bugging out, so I have no idea where I'm at. Yeah. You got a cowbell? <laughs> this is amazing. You got a cowbell. I feel like I'm finishing an ultra race. Yeah. But it was, it was good to see you. Yeah. Yeah, you finished me in at the end of the, the Colorado Trail. How did you feel whenever you saw me? Relief. Relief. 
And then, um, and then I was like, wow, you've lost so much weight. <laughs> she kept saying that. You lost like 15 pounds. I mean, you it, did. Was, it was a lot of weight. That's yeah. true. You did. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was good to see you. You brought me some beer. Yeah. Brought you beer. It was because uh, from my end, like I saw the clouds rolling in and I was like, where is he? Because I knew you were really close and I was like, oh man, this is getting worse and worse. And then it was like all the clouds were forming from every side. Yeah. It was like behind you. It was the other way. This was definitely the end of it. And after a whopping 24 days, done. <laughs> Durango, baby. We took pictures. Yeah. We, re, we had our reunion. Lots of kissing. Lots of kisses. And our then, celebratory pictures. Yeah. And then we got in the car and... No, I remember this specifically. What? Uh, you had to go use the bathroom, so you went to the pit toilet. Yeah. And I'm putting stuff in the back of the car, and when you're in the bathroom... It starts raining. It starts dumping. Yeah, it was pouring. So you run to the car when you get out. Uh-huh. I remember that. Man, talk about like good timing. What great timing. It's like it waited for you to finish before it just the heavens opened up. Old Judy held the rain off Old for me. Old Judy. I know. Sweet mother of the CT. Yeah. And then we uh, got into town. Yep. And Crush, who we hiked the PCT with, yep. had just finished the trail as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the CT. And so we ran or we met him uh we rendezvoused with him at a city market and talked for like an hour on the beer aisle yeah the beer and cooler aisle yeah and then uh i think we had steaks that night oh yes we had big steaks that night Big steaks and potato mashed potatoes and yeah and the airbnb that you rented it was an rv it was a nice rv yeah so we were in an RV because it's the most affordable option. Yeah, on like a horse farm. It Which is really, awesome. It was really cool. But yeah. And that was really the end. That was the end. Of that saga. It was, a, it was a long drive back. Five and a half hours. To, uh, where were we? We were still in Georgetown at the we were time. still in Georgetown and we were having to like pack everything up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because we were moving that. like two days later. Yeah. To Breckenridge. And it was a successful move, I would say. It was, but mm-hmm. you had to lift most things because I could not. <laughs> yeah. So 480-something miles. 486? Yeah, in three and a half weeks, yeah. 24 days. 24 days. Only 22 of those were hiking. Yeah, you yeah. crushed it. Freaking crushed it, baby. Well, to wrap up that beautiful segment of the Colorado Trail, which I feel like I went on a journey it was a bear with of all an episode. Of it was a big one. It's a big one, but well done, everyone. Clap with me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to our Yeti legs for completing the Colorado Trail in how many days? 24 days. Only 22 of those were hiking. Look at that. And your Damn. average miles were 23 average oh, a day. Actually, I can, if it's 483 miles. It was 486. Let's just say 483. Oh, that's 486. 485. Let's do that. Divided by 22. 
So that's an average of about 22 miles a day. 22 miles a day. So good job. Hot dog. Well I'll take that. done. Well done. Well, now you guys, we're going to segue into questions because we have listeners. I know. And we asked people that listen to our podcast, what would you like to know that Yeti can share with all of us um, from the trail, from the Colorado Trail? So I'm going to ask the questions and he's going to answer the questions. So yeah, (laughs) we've got a bit of a laundry list of questions. We do. So hang on, everybody. Hang on to your seats and uh, we'll get through it. Okay. So the question from Bigfoot, whose name also is Todd Turbin, uh, but trail name Bigfoot. He said, I only did a thousand miles of the PCT, but only saw a few elk and one mountain goat. A bunch of little critters, though. What did you see along the Colorado Trail? I would have to second the critters. There was a shit ton of critters on the trail. A lot of aggressive, angry squirrels, chipmunks bolting all over the place, cute, lovely little potato pikas, little terrier-sized yellow-bellied marmots out there. So a lot of, like... A lot of little rodent types. Yeah. I know. So cute. I, I rarely saw anything bigger. I did end up seeing those three bears on the last day. Which so, is wild. Which is so crazy to me. Yeah. Uh, never saw a cougar. Just heard one. Saw a lot of deer, which is great because I love to see deer. It always gives me a sense of peace. Mm-hmm. And then there was the moose sightings. Two, yeah. I saw two up close and then I saw a third one. Um, at more of a distance. It was in a valley. I think it was the day that I actually met the dude. Oh. Yeah, so the day that it, like, torrentially nice. poured down on us. Nice. See, yeah. I feel like you saw a lot of wildlife out there. Yeah, I did see a pretty good bit of wildlife. But I never saw a cougar. One day. One, one day. day. They're just so creepy. I feel like if you've seen one, it's almost too late. No. No. But... <laughs> It feels a little bit that way. But it way. feels scary, right? Because they, they don't want to be seen. That's true. And so if they're being seen by you, then that's not a good sign, I guess. Yeah. I guess. I mean, and I did see a lot of birds as well. Uh, a lot of woodpeckers, which was really cool to see. You love your woodpeckers. You always hear them before you see them. Uh-huh. Yeah, I never saw any owl. Oh. I saw a few bald eagles, lots of falcons and hawks. I was going to say, yeah. And then those, uh, what are they? The whiskey jacks? The ones that'll come and... You called a whiskey dick? Yeah, I accidentally called it a whiskey dick one time. (laughs) But those are the birds that'll eat out of your hand. I saw a lot of those. Yeah, nice. And then crows, because crows. Crows for days. Crows and ravens. Yeah. So yeah, those are all the critches I saw out there. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay, well, next question. This question is from Amethyst. We met Amethyst on the PCT, and she was amazing. She gave us a ride into town, and bless her, she is truly such a sweet human being. And so we are really excited to know her. But she asked, what is the water source situation like? Is it plentiful, or is there long, dry sections? Well, I guess it depends on where you're at on the CT. Um, There are definitely areas overflowing with water. And then you have dry sections as well, like section two, starting from Littleton, um, from Littleton or Waterton Canyon area. That's the section that I was extremely dehydrated on, and you hiked out and brought me water. 
So that was section two? That wasn't section three? That was section two. Okay. Because was it like the end of section two then? Beginning of section three? Yeah. Where you parked was the beginning of section three. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other long carry was about 15 or so miles. I don't think I had any 20-mile water carries. But that was around Sergeant's Mesa. Um, and that's where I forgot to go and get water. And so I'm having to... They just literally just blow through miles. And I hike by the... Um, the dirt bikers, and I almost asked them for water. Wait, what mile was this at? Uh, this is probably mile 13 of the day. Oh, you mean the mile yeah, marker? Yeah, mile marker, yeah. Like, is this, like, in the middle of your hike, the end of the hike, beginning of the hike? Like It's in the middle. So it was in the middle somewhere, like, in the 150-mile section or 200-mile section. Yeah, it's, it's somewhere smack dab in the middle. Okay. And that's where I hit the, was it Razor Creek, which is just a trickle? Okay. And it took me like 30 to 45 minutes to get on my water Oh, because it was such a low flow. That's painful. Let's go back, though, to the section two. Yeah. How many miles between water carries is that one? Because that is the one that everybody talks about. The water carry there? Yeah, because it was so exposed. I mean, <laughs> it's all of section two. Well, how, and how many miles is that? That's a great question. <laughs> I think it's like... Because you start section two at the what the East Platte River, which is sixteen miles, and then twenty six is where the fire department is. Okay, so ten. So it's ten miles, but it's super exposed. Yeah, that was the hard part because it was so hot. Um, there was very little shade out there. A Let's lot see, of people it, talk about that section. It's eleven point one according okay. according to all trails. Okay. But yeah, you do start at that South Platte River, and that's where you have time to get your water. And I didn't get enough whenever I was there because I wanted to... You thought... Because I thought I was going to meet you halfway between Section yeah, 2. like six more miles later. And so I didn't want to carry 4.4 pounds of water on my back, so I just got like a liter and some change. And sure enough... And that came back to bite me. Yeah, because then there is a water department, or water department, a fire department that has a water spigot, and they let the through hikers go and get water there. Yeah, the in the section two yeah. where, th- where three begins. Yeah. Yeah, right where you had parked. Yeah. But I mean, why use the the fire department when you have a wife who will just hike you in water? That's what I did. I think that's a better option. That's what I did. So you're saying that with the water situation, it sounds like the majority of the hike water is very plentiful. It's just that first section and then somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I mean, most of the trail is is alpine or or subalpine, so just just at tree line. And when you're up that high, you typically have alpine lakes. Mm-hmm. Or like, um, like trickles. Or, or trickles from snow melt. Stuff like that. Yeah. And I mean, in the summer, it rains so much. That's the seasonable, <laughs> the seasonable streams <laughs> are uh, a little bit more reliable, it feels yeah. like. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Um, okay. So these next four questions, because I'm going to keep all of them because I love that he did this. But our good friend, Kappa... Kappa, Kappa Tay uh, from England, he has asked four questions. And so I want to keep them all in there. So the first one is, if there was 10 miles you could hike again, what would they be and why? I would re-hike section two with more water. Really? You wouldn't re-hike like a beautiful section again that like, like you, you would hike section two? Yeah, because I was sucking the hind tit on but that But that's one. why? That's why you would do it? I, w- I would want to go back and redeem myself on that. <laughs> <laughs> More than like a beautiful 
area. Oh yeah, I can go back and hike all the beautiful areas again, but I can't relive that that failure moment. <laughs> and so I, I would I would go back and remedy that. Okay. Okay. I, I'm like I'm a I'm a damn seasoned through hiker. And you're asking other hikers. And for I'm over here asking people for water. That's a that's a it's level. It's like how we trolled Luke for asking for water on the PCT, and yet here. And you are asking for water. Man, that was a low point. Y'all, it comes around, I guess. Karma. We were like making fun of Luke and then here we are. Yeah, it's true though. But if I had to pick a, a 10 mile stretch to hike again, just because it was so great. Ooh, that's a good question. I would probably go and do the hike. Like the first 10 up to the big 30 where I saw the sheep. Really? Just because that was such a cool experience to yeah? hike hike through all those sheep. and. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think that that was just a lot of fun. Okay. Because a lot of the scenery is beautiful. Yeah. So I kind of, I kind of think back to experiences instead of just beauty. Because the whole trail is awesome. Yeah. Okay. So the sheep experience was cool. Okay. Now, second question from Kappa. Kappa. Did you run into any new difficulties on this trail that you hadn't experienced on another? Uh, yeah, actually. I think the biggest difficulty would be sleeping without base camp. Aww. Because, and this isn't even a sentimental reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it, you're not alone. It's because I'm not alone. Two are better than one. And it was and, way more difficult for me to fall asleep. In animal territory. E- every night by myself, especially at those campsites when I was there by myself. So again, I would I would play my audiobook some nights if I was getting weird sketch vibes. Well, and, thanks uh, a lot. I mean, I love you. It's not like, oh, I miss cuddling with my wife. It's, <laughs> it's, it's more, uh, oh, it's just because I was scared to be alone out there. I mean, but I, I love I'm you. I'm so glad I lo- that I bring you so much safety, babe. And I love to cuddle with you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're my favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You set me up for that one, couple. Uh-huh, you sure yeah, did. Yeah. Um, okay. The next question from Kappa. Did you find that you made good connections with people on this trail? Why or why not? It's a good question. That's a great question. I think for the most part, I didn't start the trail wanting to go out there and make deep, lifelong connections. Like, it wasn't a goal, but if it happened, it happened. I, you know, I had those weird situations with the single females early on in the trail and after that happened i i pretty much just rode the lone rider horse the rest of the hike until i met uh nemo jukebox and then the dude and i would say that i definitely connected with those people i I haven't stayed in touch with them since the colorado trail but it was nice to to have them in those those moments that i did do you also feel like because you were just going like your pace and you were going fast that it was hard to like stay in a consistent rhythm with someone else? Yeah, because no one else is really hiking that pace. Um, Jukebox, Nemo, and probably the dude could have kept up, but I just, we, we just took different paths on the trail, you know, zeros versus mm-hmm. continuing on the Big 30, the dude drying his stuff out at Mola's Pass. Versus me just heading on for the day. Mm-hmm. So if we had all left and started at the same time, we would have probably kept up with each other. But you guys didn't leapfrog with each other, though, is the thing. So that's what I found fascinating. It's like you met them later on on the trail. Whereas at the beginning, I feel like you were just passing people and never seeing them again. Yeah, that's true. But at the, at the end, I was kind of a man on a mission to finish. 
because I had to get back and we had to do things. Yeah, so you were just focused, like, nose to the ground. Yeah, kind of blinders on at that point. So would you say this trail for you more was, like, proving something for yourself versus, like, it being a social, like, bonding experience with other hikers? Yeah, I think at first I just wanted to go out there and hike solo and see what it felt like. And once I got out there, I was like, I want to destroy miles. Even though I wasn't doing, I mean, my average was 22. So I wasn't doing crazy mileage, but it felt you good. You still to, did some 30s, though. It still felt good to go my own pace out there. Yeah. So I think that's what was the, the biggest thing for me was just feeling out my own stride. And like my rhythm of waking up and yeah. pitching the tent at night and going to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so last question from Kappa, which I love this one because it's so reflective of Kappa. If there was one ingredient you had to add in your food bag to every meal you made, what would that be? Breakfast, dinner, and tea included. Because tea is tea time. It's like a snack or lunch or something. <laughs> tea time. So wait, is he asking one ingredient? One ingredient you would add to for, your food bag. For each? For every meal. For each meal or only one ingredient for all meals? No, you had to add mm. in your food bag to every meal. I guess to like spice it up. Ooh. That's a good one. I love that he did put lunch in there. He calls it tea. <laughs> I don't think tea is lunch. I thought tea was like tea time. It's like a snack. Where you eat biscuits and yeah, drink tea? Yeah, it's tea time. It's like afternoon time. Oh, shoot. What's what one, one ingredient, ingredient would you oh. add to bring life, flavor to your life? Flavor to my life. You know, I would have brought out little olive oil packets. or Really? Pa yeah, or packed olive oil in a jar. Because you never did, and you probably needed that caloric value. Yeah, yeah, I probably could have used that. I did it on the PCT. I just didn't do it out there. I know. But if we're talking a novel ingredient, so a new one, ooh, Frank's hot sauce. Yeah, you would have packed out Frank's hot sauce? No caloric value whatsoever, <laughs> but that shit is so good. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you'd put that in your breakfast too? Yeah, as long as it's not like a sweet breakfast. What, I was about to say, what if it was like oatmeal with maple syrup? Then maybe I'll take a hot sauce shot before or after. <laughs> yeah, I get the blood flowing. <laughs> So what yeah, if you had like a pastry. Look, I'd make it happen. You would pour hot sauce on your pastry. It depends on the pastry. Like a sweet pastry. You seem offended by this. No, I'm just trying <laughs> to think back to being on the trail and being like, would I have ever mixed hot sauce in like a sweet pastry? Maybe, Even then, maybe not in the same mouthful. But you know, sometimes you want sweet and salty. So that's how you can get it. You eat your sweet pastry and you, you take a shot of your salty hot sauce. Okay. So some Frank's hot sauce. You're really feeling the Frank's. I've been feeling the Frank's. I had the Cholula. It's a little too spicy just to take shots of. But you'd have to carry out that big ass jar. I could put it in like a water bottle. Yeah, good point. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I won't yeah. judge you. So I would say hot sauce. Okay. Hot yeah. sauce for breakfast. Hot sauce goes on everything. Hot sauce. It's what's for breakfast. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it goes on lunch. It would go on jerky or tuna or Spam. And dinner. Ramen. Ramen. Mm. Why not? Frank's. Actually, Frank's hot sauce. We should do that. Yeah. When we yeah. hike this weekend. Frank's hot sauce with ramen. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that sounds good. Oh, and Kappa, to this question, this would have been my answer if I didn't already take it with me. 
but it's called Bachan's Korean barbecue sauce. Ja- is it Korean or Japanese barbecue sauce? Japanese. Bachan's Japanese barbecue sauce. And it's so good. It is the best condiment you'll put on anything. See, I'll put that on pastries. I would put sweet. that on pastries. It's sweet and salty. Oh, it's so I good. would so I would actually take shots of this stuff before climbs if I didn't want to feel full, but I wanted some some sugar and some salt. So yeah, that happened a lot. Didn't I buy that for you and give it to you at the Monarch when you like wasn't it there that I gave it to you? It was like you need this and I handed it to you. Yeah, and I I because you're I, like, oh, I don't know if I want to carry the weight. But I did take it and I was so glad. Uh-huh. And I probably mm-hmm. drank more of it than I ate of it. <laughs> Not surprising. And it was amazing. Wow. So yeah, Bachan's Japanese barbecue sauce, baby. And there you have it, everyone. There are all the questions for Yeti legs on the call. I have a question. I'm sorry. We, we've run out of time for I questions. I have a question. What's your question? Yes, ma'am. On a scale of one to ten, how much did you miss me? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I must answer this carefully. It's okay. You don't mm. have to answer it. No. I'm really I, just doing this to troll you. No, I will answer this question. Okay, fine. You be a powerful person. I would say a solid nine. A nine? Okay, why? Uh, you well, have to say this, though. I don't have to say this. Okay. But you, you could can, have said five, I guess. You can go back and watch all my videos. And, you do say and you And a lot of them, I say I miss you. That's true. You're talking to me. Yeah, so I have, I have evidence. Yeah. I've got but a, wait, why? Why is it a solid alibi. nine? A solid... Or not a ten. A solid nine. <laughs> I would say a solid nine instead of a ten, because that one percent is me getting out and trying it solo. Yeah. Just to see what I can do. Yeah. Because I can't always have you there for everything. I know, I know. Yeah, but I did miss you because we do we do life together. Yeah. And a month was a long, well, not a month, three and a half almost weeks, a almost a month. It's still a long Felt time like to be doing something like that without you. Yeah. And I mean, you clean my pots and I clean it. I clean your pot. That's why. And you, you set up you set up the inside of the tent, and I set up camp and get water. I do. We have a system down. We do. Yeah. You had to do it all by yourself. I did. Besides, I'm way more approachable when I'm with you than just by myself. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. I think so. No. We're that cute, approachable couple that has matching shirts. Oh my gosh. If you saw pictures of us from the PCT, we had matching jolly gear, orange casa shirts. We did not mean for this to happen, just so everyone is aware. This was not on purpose. It's not like I was like, oh, baby, be no. He had super limited inventory, and Ugh. our sizes just happened to be the same color. And we just happened to have the same black shorts. That's true. It was really all by accident. Chicken legs anyway. shorts. Okay, well, everyone, no. that... I have a question for you. Oh. Quick question. What was the hardest part for you about me being gone? That's, that's, that's a, long, a loaded question. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No. Um, it just felt so empty without you. Empty? Yeah, like, like, it was like, I don't want to say lonely, but it was more just like, there was something missing. Aww. Yeah, like your excitement, your energy, your presence, like your presence was just gone. So it just felt 
something was missing. Like it, it wasn't fully complete. Are you tired of me now that I'm back? No. <laughs> no. That's two questions. Are you sure okay. about that? No. <laughs> trip i received that yeah you better yeah yeah that was a great trip with the smokies i know yeah yeah so well thank you for answering my question yeah yeah so there you have it folks there you have it there's all the questions we have for this episode and if you want to ask more questions just reach out to us we have all our stuff in the show notes I actually kind of love answering food questions he does because he loves food so well he loves food when he's yeah. When he's hiking. Do you have any trail or hiking experience food questions? I would love to answer them. Yeah. Speaking of questions, the next episode will be a little bit shorter. It'll just kind of review the gear that I used on the Colorado Trail. Yeah. Uh, how I best used it. And if I didn't like something, I'll be sure to let you know what I didn't like and what I would like to change about it. Yeah. So stay tuned, everyone. Thanks yeah. for uh, thanks for listening. And now, and cue the outro. Here it comes. Well, folks, we hope you enjoyed that episode of Yeti. Walks into base camp. Uh, we're your hosts. I am Yeti Legs. And I am base camp. If you have any questions for us. At all, guys. Any, at all. Because we'd really love to hear from you. And we put your questions on the episodes. Please just let us know by shooting a private message over to our Instagram which is the ginger underscore and underscore the joy. Or you can shoot us an email to our podcast, which is the name of the podcast, Yeti Walks Into Basecamp at gmail.com. And seriously, guys, um, I love getting snail mail. Uh, so please shoot us an email. I always get so excited when an email alert goes off. Snail mail. Snail mail. But, That's great. Uh, yeah. And then if you want to follow us, on the ginger and the joy we've got our social media platforms on instagram we've got this podcast yeti walks into base camp you can find us on apple spotify anywhere else any other platforms really just google us yeti walks into base camp you and should it should go through the the podcast platforms that you use yeah so like and subscribe and keep following our journey we've got some exciting content coming out uh soon we are looking to continue to explore new avenues in which to expand our podcast. So yeah. stay tuned. And also, we just want to give a shout out to The Fire Once Lost for our intro and outro music. We really appreciate it. We love the Appalachian Trail vibe, and it really just complements our podcast, we think. Yeah, so if you want to check out his music... Um, you can find him on Spotify. Or just go and check out the show notes below. It's got a hyperlink to his album and also his Instagram page. And this song specifically that we have decided to feature on our podcast is called The Appalachian Trail. Uh-huh. Felt appropriate. So we hope you guys enjoy our podcast. And like we like to say in the hiking community, Happy, happy trails! trails.